Me encuentro aquí Estoy pasando una cuarentena like Por Victor, culpa right? de una pandemia yeah. Que no me deja salir is, uh... La puerta ya quiero abrir No puedo on. con esta Or farsa Ya quiero salir de casa Esto es un asunto serio Sonora con seña tiene el remedio Se cura, se cura bailando salsa No aguanto esta situación del virus, pues la vecina se pasa de noche y día Jorge Nicolai. bailando mi guaguanco. Me tiene con fiebre y tos, también me duele la garganta. La veo gozando en su casa, se nota que quiere calle. Yeah. Me okay. voy para el supermercado, al garaje y a la farmacia. Siento que estoy en desgracia. Tengo que andar con cuidado. Oh, la vecina a... llegó a mi carro para que la acompañara con un alcohol que huele a caña. Estamos en un desmadre y para que esto se acabe, ella dice que se cura. Mambo in the City Podcast aquí con DJ Henry Knows en vivo, en vivo desde Bangkok. Welcome, yeah. my brother. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Good to be here with everybody. Finally, bro. Yeah, finally. Mira, ahí you got, you got people saludándote de todos lados. Hell, no, Rama Duggins, wow. Yeah, bro, here, bro. They all here. Negro, negro, mi hermano. They all here, hang on, mira, mira, mira. Wow, Richie, man. Richie Bastard. Tito Rodriguez Jr. <laughs> yes, just celebrated his birthday recently. Here you go. Happy birthday Dizzy, to, to Dizzy. Dizzy, Dizzy. So, um, no, uh, Dizzy La Salsera, she says hello. Yeah, hello, hello, Dizzy. Maggie Cumbia. Mira, mira, mira. Yeah, my brother. So, for those who don't know, allá en, en Leta, Henry es de día. So, Henry's having breakfast. So, we, we, we stopping Henry from having breakfast. <laughs> I just had my coffee already. Don't worry. Get there right now. 8.30 in the morning here. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, what you playing over there, Henry? What is that? This is the new Ponceña. Salsa cura. Se cura con salsa. Cura con salsa. Let's hear a little bit uh, for the people over here que no saben this. It's about the pandemia. Ooh. No quiere 
Marta, una persona con su pasito tú se hace en Puerto Rico. Homo. This goes out. This goes out to Tito Rodriguez Jr. <laughs> My man in the Bronx. He's out there in the Bronx. Me acabo de comprar un carro. Le Wow. <laughs> My brother. Ron McGuggins. Serious Acero there. Oh, he's saying. Oh, he's saying. Oh, he's saying. Oh, he's saying. Bastard. Wow, Al Anton. <laughs> What's up, my brother? Please the volume, man. They don't want to hear me, they want to hear the salsa. <laughs> Better now? Yeah. Yeah, brother. Richie Bastar. That's my brother, man. Brenda Clemente, coño. <laughs> wow, Brenda. Saludos, negrita. Mike Bello. Damn. We're bringing it back, bro. <laughs> People I haven't seen in years. Rodríguez también You want me to keep going with the music? We'll do this one and then we'll talk a little and then we'll Okay Wepa 
Tito, esto es para ti, mi hermano. Wow. Es for you, Tito Puente. <laughs> <laughs> Tito My Puente brother, Jr., Tito Rodríguez Jr. Wow, we're going back. Yeah, bro. You're <laughs> the caballos, bro. Yeah. So how you feeling, my brother? How's everything? Everything's good, man. You know, just uh, doing my thing out here and trying to survive this uh, hard times. But, you know, getting back to work now. Trying to fix my camera here. <clears throat> I went, I went, I went uh, blurry and I have, a, I have a thing with being blurry and it drives me crazy. There we go. Perfect. Maggie asked me how the sauce out here. Well, it's pretty good, but we've been on lockdown also for, for some time. Yeah, I remember Park Avenue, of course. Yeah, Park Avenue, we were out there. I was out there with Eddie Batiste. Wow. Way back in the day, you know, Richie, Richie has a question for you. You hear that? Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richie, that's my brother, man. But, uh, you know, he has an amazing musical journey, too. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, comes from a legendary family. Yeah. I mean, you have you have you have amazing memories of of New York City and growing up in New York City, bro. Yeah, and, you know, you grew up in a in a in a time where you can say you know salsa was coming up and it was you know picking up speed, bro. You got the best of the best. I mean, me and you always go back and forth about the story of uh, before we get into your into your childhood. Let's yeah. say, yeah, uh, when you used to watch Machito rehearse. Tell the people about your Machito experience. Uh, yeah, that was uh, something else. That's when I was still learning about music. You know, I was uh, I was in just coming out of my teens and starting to DJ in the Bronx. And um, <clears throat> there was a place out there called the Garden Roses, 177th in Rosedale, 177 or 72nd. I don't remember now. And uh, I used to DJ there. <laughs> I uh, I was DJing there with Pete. It was me and Pete. Picoto. Mm. We were a team and uh I think it was Wednesdays or Thursdays and the owner, Bobby, he used to have a sign on the door that said live music. And it was Machito's rehearsal. It wasn't actually Machito. Machito wasn't Machito wasn't booked <laughs> to, to play there. Are you he talking about the, the Machito? The Machito. He lived upstairs. He lived upstairs wow. from the Garden Roses in the same building. And um and he was rehearsing. So, you know, when you rehearsing, you you in the middle of the number, you stop to correct, make corrections. Right. And people will come out and dance. And then he will stop. Let's fix this, fix this. And the people would just wait until he started again and start dancing again. <laughs> it was incredible, man. You know, and, and I didn't really know who Machito was at the time because I was still learning a lot about music. You know, I was learning from the old school, the old timers that were because I was DJing at the Ipanema many places Oof. after that. And um, Ipanema, they, they Ipanema was, a, was a school for you, right, bro? Ipanema, wow, yeah. Because uh, we used to do the Sunday matinee, I think it was with Ralph Lou there. And wow. so I used to get a lot of the old timers that were two, three times my age there, and they would come and ask me for songs. And back then, you know, it wasn't digital, it was records. Yeah. So I, they would ask me for stuff, and I would say, no, I don't have it now, but I'll have it tomorrow. Exactly, right wow, now. there you go, Ralph Lou, man. So tell, you tell, know, now, now that you touched on Ralph Lou, bro, tell, tell the people about a little about, about Ralph Lou. Ralph Lou did a lot for the music. Uh, he was involved in a lot of the dances, and him and his wife used to perform, and um, they did salsa in the Catskills for over 15, 16 years. I was the DJ there. 
mm-hmm. every year um, with some legendary bands, legendary dancers. I mean, George, George Vascon and David Melendez were there every year, you know? Yeah. I think Negro was there too. Yeah, Negro was Uh-oh. there with us. Mario, Mario Diaz was there with us. <laughs> you know, we were in the Catskills every year. That was an amazing event. Sauce in the Catskills. But Ralph Lou, you know, he comes back from the, uh, what was the guy? Peters. Um, the, he was a big promoter. He used to do the Roseland back in the days. Wow. So Ralph Lou was a promoter. He was a promoter, promoter dancer. dancer, a host. I mean, he did many things for the music and, and, and the dance. And uh, incredible guy. And he's so funny, too. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... You you were you were <clears throat> we're talking about uh, Ipanema, and you know that was a school for you because you learned about what to play for the the, the best dancers came out of Ipanema, yeah. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, the thing is that back then, the dancing was a lot of the old Palladium dancers, you know, from the from the sixties that were that that were around, still around, you know, and. Um, yeah, it was a beautiful event, like Negro says. Um, you know, we were there. I remember we were there with Andy Montañez one 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 summer. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Ipanema. But then you had places, a lot of places back then. You know, the Epoca. The, the, I think it was the Epoca before the Ipanema. Oof. Yeah, in the Bronx up there by Co-op City. Wow. Cuban Pete. Wow. Yeah. Cuban Pete was an amazing Tito Puente <laughs> Junior just mentioned them. You know. So where did your where did your record collection begin? Uh, <clears throat> you know, where did you start to collect uh records and learn about that 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 music? And if you wanna and if you wanna by the way, if you wanna queue up something for for the next segment, bro, go go right ahead. And okay. You probably have it already, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, my record collection started very young. And before I became a DJ, I, w- I, I was uh, much of a lover. Uh, I, you know, I grew up with salsa in my life because my family from Puerto Rico. And and it was like, that was the influence for me because we, my family would get together and eat, start drinking, then move all the furniture and the salsa came on, you know. And, <laughs> and as I learned how to dance with my mother, my cousins, my, you know, we were, it's just in the culture, you know, it's part of the culture. It's in the blood. Right. And uh, about 11 years old, my father bought me a shoe shine kit. And I was growing up in the Lower East Side mm-hmm. over there by uh, near the Manhattan Bridge. Right. And basically, uh, I started, I used to shine shoes on the weekend. And then I used to go to Delancey Street. It, I think it was called Bates. Mm. And I used to buy my records there. Whoa. At that time, it was like 50 cents a record. <laughs> <laughs> Casi now. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it was salsa. Yeah. I collected salsa. But it was all vinyl. And uh, and I had my collection. And little by little. And then, one, then when I was in high school, a friend of mine, a classmate, they were having... Because I don't know if you're familiar with the Low East Side, you have you have the um, the uh, Pioneer Organization, Henry C. Settlement. You know, mm. you have different organizations, and they were having a Christmas party. And my classmate asked me to bring down if I could bring some some Latin music because yeah. they said, "Oh, we have a lot of Latinos, Puerto Ricans, and we don't have any Latin music. Can you bring some of your records?" 
And the club was on 5716 6th Avenue. They eventually came became the Silver Shadow. It was called oh, La Martinique. La Martinique. <laughs> Silver Shadow. Yeah. Is that a song named after the Silver Shadow? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, also run by the Cope, the same people, the Cope. But back then, the, the Martinique, I went in there, and I was about 17 years old, came in with my records, and I said, here. And they said, no, no, no. You know the music, come and play it. I had never been in a DJ booth in my life, you know? Yeah. And they took me in there. They said, this controls that, that controls this. You play the record here. You listen to it there. And I just started playing music. And that's how it all started. It mm -hmm. all started from there. Like, I got a lot of compliments that day. Oh, great music, you know? <laughs> from there, it was, and it then, was just took off. Yeah. I just called all my friends that were DJs. I said, whenever you guys have parties... Let me know and I'll come with the salsa music, mm -hmm. you know? So basically, the salsa and merengue, it was no bachata back then. It was salsa, merengue, cha-cha-cha, boleros. Wow. You know? So this is the 80s, yeah? The 1980s? This was, this was the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> I try to help you, bro. I try to help you. <laughs> yeah, I'm older than I look, everybody. Oh, but the people that know me, they know. They know. <laughs> Yeah, hold on. Uh, so yeah <laughs> so working in Ipanema and all these clubs let the people know what kind of um what kind of clubs you have back then that you know what was your favorite club as you as you progressed and you started to you know get more involved in and in, you know what was the what wow. was the kick-ass club back in those days yeah it was so hard because there was so many clubs you know like when I started working at the Copa was was an amazing um, because Copa was legendary, you know. It was it wasn't a Latin club in the beginning, mm -hmm. you know. Copa. I was just looking at a movie uh, yesterday on um, Amazon about the uh, one night in Miami, and they had Joe Cook, I think it was the singer, mm -hmm. Sam Cook, Sam Cook, yeah, Sam Cook, right? Yeah, and he was uh, performing at the Copa. And you see all these movies, you know, like the Carlitos Way and yeah. <laughs> all these gangster movies, and and they show the Copa. Well, I got to DJ there back in 1980 mm. when they first started the Latin Night. It was Tuesdays, okay, uh, with Aida Baila, Aida Bailadores. Oh. Uh, she's the oh. one that started the Tuesday nights there, and uh, I was the DJ, and 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 became such a big hit that eventually the Copa. Added the Friday and Saturday, but now then which they Copa? What street is that on that you talking about? Which Copa? Is that? <clears throat> that was on Sixtieth Street between Fifth and Madison. That was the original Copa, the one that is in the song, the one is in all that's in all the movies from right. the fifties, right and sixties. You know, <clears throat> that was the original Copa, which was basically a show club back in the days and during the Prohibition era and all that. Had a lot of gangsters that were hanging out there. <laughs> And yeah, and then uh, they went. They went basically primarily Latin, you know. But back when when we started there in the eighties, <clears throat> it was downstairs was salsa, upstairs was hustle. Wow! Because remember, hustle was still uh, also got very big in New York. The Latin hustle, right? Dancers like uh, you know Billy Fajardo and all these guys. I think Nelson Flores and all these guys were dancing hustle back then. You know, right? So that's yeah, the same. So, that's the same Copa that was that turned into with the Red Parrot and and um, no, no, no. That was one of Sixties Street. That's the original one. Then they lost their lease there. Or something happened, and they moved to Fifty Seventh Street. Which I, I used to DJ there when it was Red Parrot. Mm. 
you know that was oh wow that was amazing those <laughs> those nights there it was thursday nights at the red parrot with with the best the best bands and best dancers huge place and then when the copa went moved there i be, i was the um the the main dj there right. okay and so that uh, was, was this, wow was yeah <laughs> the, yeah, so. yeah so the copa the main night was always Tuesday because Tuesday was the first night that they started with salsa. And plus, in New York, you know that the the week nights have always been better than the weekends, right? Uh, dance, you know, the Monday nights of Village Gay, the Tuesdays at the Copa, the Wednesdays at the Coach. So you know all these places. Um, yeah, it was Emerald City, right? Somebody just mentioned it was Emerald City after the Red Parrot. And then, um, and then it became the Copa later. Yeah. How about this club here, bro? How about this? Wow, Le Poulet. Le Poulet. What? You know that that <laughs> the original Le Poulet was down near the World Trade Center. Wow. And talking about Tito Puente Jr., he used to come in. Him and Mark Anthony used to pop in every week. Him and La India also. That's what, uh, before they really got into the salsa. You know, they were just getting into salsa at that time. Yeah. And, I mean, um, let this let this let this calendar sink into people uh, as a glimpse yeah. of what New York City was like in the fucking. Well, you know, this block. is the second <laughs> Le Poulet. This is when Le Poulet moved to twenty first, twenty uh, second Street. Yeah, and um, and right behind right behind that was a sound factory. Many clubs on that street. That's where the Taj that I did many years after on this right right on this right behind it on twenty first Street because Le Poulet. The main entrance was on 22nd, but the back entrance went to 21st Street. Mm-hmm. And wow, the, the I mean, we had I had a DJ booth up in the air <laughs> with video screens, and 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 we had the best bands there. I remember that uh, one night that when uh, La India had a concert in the Madison Square Garden, and she introduced Yui Dunbar for the first time. Wow! And then after that. Uh, they went there with um, to Le Poulet and performed, and that's the first time I heard Yui Dunbar. But yeah, Mark Anthony, Jerry Rivera, Hiberto, all of them performed there. You know, it was like every week Serious, was the man, best bands, I, best <laughs> bands. Alexa, I used to I used to work with Alexa when I was with Wea Record, Wea uh, the Latino. Mm. So yeah. in the Bronx, meanwhile, you know, you also began to work at Side Street, right? <clears throat> yeah, side street. Well, the Bronx was uh, like the the stepping stone. You know, the the that's where everything started for me. You know, and the, I I feel in the Bronx because there were so many clubs. You know, and you, I remember we used to go club hopping and and go to five different clubs in one night when I wasn't working. You know, yeah. Uh, used to walk into a club and see Conjunto Clásico running out. I'm going. We're going to the other club now. You know. <laughs> They were doing doubles. You saw Richie running by. Richie, you saw Richie running across the street with those guys. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, all these guys. You know, because we were they were doing doubles and triples. You know, they were going from one club to the next. Right. And and then after that, the after hours. (laughs) Wow. The after hours just start up at four in the morning. You know, it it was crazy. That scene, the scene was amazing. So back at. I heard that you started the after the beach party in in, uh, in uh, Side Street. 
Well, they they were doing. Uh, Artie was doing art after the beach party for a long time mm-hmm. at, at Side Street, and then um, me and Artie Junior, we said, "Why can't we continue this?" Because he used to close, I think September, like after the summer, they would close on the Sundays, mm. and then um, me and Artie Junior, his son, the son of the Side Street. And we said, why don't we take it over and do it all year long? You know, like, and Artie said, no, it's not going to work. You know, it's after the beach and people are not going to come. And we we convinced (laughs) him. We said, let us try. Right. And we bombarded Orchard Beach with the flyers, you know, and and during the summer. The beach is closed, (laughs) but the party continues. (laughs) And it was such a success, you know, we... It, it continued all year long, and the Sundays were like, wow, you know, it was just uh, incredible. Sundays, uh, after Sundays after, after beach, beach party, but then in the winter, it was just the beach is closed, but the party continues, you know. Yeah. So, Henry, cue up something there that that you want the people to hear for a little while, and we'll go into the next segment. We'll play some photos of Henry along the way because we okay. have a few photos. So, dollar here. This is the new. Um, Pequeño Johnny with a special guest. Well, you guys know the, the song. It's a legendary song from like 1966 at Eddie Palmieri. And Johnny got the permission to do it again, featuring Eddie Palmieri on the piano. Yo no sé lo que me pasa a mí. Que mi corazón te llama. I love this song. I was in Taiwan. Belgium. <laughs> Thailand. Thailand. Wow. Legendary Porter. That's the guy from uh, Quesa de la Luz, Carlos Cano. He's the first one that took me to Japan. Toronto Luminato Festival Outdoors Cristian Castro Look at the year in that 98 That's when I was working with Mark Anthony This is an amazing photo Here it comes, here it comes, el maestro. Wow, pide Conde Rodriguez, como un tío para mí. Such a wonderful human being. Así se toca, 
my boy Ralphie, Yanko, and Maus Peña. That was in the back of the Latin Quarter. Wow, Jokua and Yomo Toro, El Flamengo. Nine o'clock in the morning here, Mike. Victor Manuel backstage. That's, uh, you see my RMM jacket? Yeah, I want it, bro. Combinación perfecta. Wow, Bernie Williams. That was uh, when we had the host of the um, tribute to uh, Ralph Irizari at the uh, Tian. Puente! That was a Taj with John Leguizamo. Boy Canario, we go way, way back. <laughs> May we rest in peace, man, Pacheco. That was it at Flamingo. Richie Bastar. Hopefully that book will come one day. I know you told me before. something in the works, maybe. City Salsa Podcast, aquí, aquí bothering Henry knows early in the morning. <laughs> you got me up early, man. <laughs> I should have got a sponsor, like orange juice or something, but, you know, <laughs> breakfast or something. You yeah. Know, but, um, let me tell you, man. So, Henry, let's go to, let's get, let's, let's go a little, a little bit deeper in the water, bro, okay? Okay, We're going to okay. start swimming with the sharks. So, when's the first time you meet Ralph Mercado? Ralph, wow, the first time I met him, I, I can't even remember that because Ralph, you, you know, I used to see him everywhere. Um, he would always pop up at all the clubs and um, I would probably say back in the 80s is when I first met Ralph, you know. Uh, when I first got into the scene and started working all the clubs, uh, the Epoca, and I worked down in New York, New York, Club Manhattan, uh, Ipanema, the red zone. I mean, Ralph was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Ralph wow, used to just pop up, put his hat in his DJ booth, <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> but Ralph was more like a talent agent back then, right? He just walked in and he was managing with Canario or something like that. Like off, off. Canario, Canario was his first artist. Him and Tito Nieves were the, were the first artists on the RMM. He, he started as a yeah talent manager. He, before that, he was just a party, you know, a promoter. He was doing big parties at some of the hotels and um and then he went into the management and into the uh, label you know mm-hmm. so ralph's story is an incredible story you know but i had the honor of working with him at the office uh it was uh incredible working with rmm and the, right next the office next to me was isidro infante wow you wanna, you wanna- <laughs> yeah and i <laughs> <laughs> it's not too far, bros. Was that? You know what it is, guy? I just looked in the corner here and I saw a photo that that, that you sent, and um, yeah, it's it's a it's one of the classic photos here for two reasons. Number one, for the mustache, obviously. Wow. Number two, for the jacket. You know, like this is if yeah. You, if you have a photo like this with you, Tito, bro, you you've been in the game a long time. You know. What I'm yeah, saying? yeah, yeah. But well, back to Ralph. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. It, it, well, that's. I think that was one of Ralph's events. That was. The, I believe that photo was backstage at Madison Square Garden. Mm. Um, that was uh, when I was working with RMM. You know, it was it was an amazing opportunity because working in the office and getting to work with all the artists. Because I was working with them before that in the clubs. You know, I was DJing and they were performing. Right. But then I got to spend a lot of time uh, on the road with artists like Tito Puente, Celia Cruz, Canario, um, all these guys. Bobby Cruz, Bobby Cruz uh, recorded an album on the RMM. Yeah, that was the first artist I went on the road with doing promotions. Wow. Tony Vega, you know, Ray Sepulveda, Johnny Rivera. I worked, you know, I got to work with all of them um, and spend time with them on the road. You know, yeah. we, uh, when Isidro recorded with Kevin Ceballo and we were on the road for a week. Yeah. Isidro calling uh, Kevin Ceballo baby Gerber because he was <laughs> sleeping all the time in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ralph Mercado was a amazing human being and, and he had his ears to the street. So he, uh, he respected my, my work a lot. And, um, he was always calling me in the office to get my opinion on, on new songs and new productions that they're working on. And, you know, because be, before that, when I was in the clubs, these guys, uh, Nelson Rodriguez, Vinny, and David, they were working with RMM. They were always in the clubs with me, giving me the new songs coming out, trying to get me to play them. Right. And, um, and you know, and then working directly with RMM and with the promotions, I was the one working with Northeast Promotions, sending music out to the DJs, to the radio station, mm-hmm. and uh, radio stations, and uh, doing promotions with the artists, bringing them to, for interviews, radio, newspaper, television. So it was incredible. Here's a question for you from Andrew, bro. Yeah. Negro, like Henry. So, how did you get to the promotion side of it? Well, like I said, those guys. It was. It was. I think it was David Diaz that, that was working with RMM, and he came up to me. He he had started a new label on the Where, and he came up to me and asked me about coming into Where to promote an artist that um, that that you know he was bringing into Where. I think it was uh, Alexa. 
and and uh, he wanted me to help with the promotions. And I said, but I don't have no experience in this. He said, I'll teach you. <laughs> he said, you know, we go, we start and and I'll teach you along. And but you have the contacts, you know, because every you know everybody from the clubs. And that's how I got into the into where and then where I didn't last too long. I was there about a year, um, and then uh, from there, um, I went into was it DME first? I think I went from DME or to RMM, and and uh, it was with DME, which was David Maldonado Entertainment. And then from there, I learned the artist management side with Juan Toro, uh, working with. At that time, they were the, the big, the main artist was uh, Mark Anthony. So, so you you're uh, you're coming in when Mark and India recording with Nuestro, and are you in the Perfecta Combinación era as well? Yeah, I was working. Well, at that time, I was working with RMM doing the Combinación Perfecta. You know, oh, okay. And uh, we were promoting that. You know, and we were backstage for the concert and everything. Um, but so, I was with DME before that. I think it was. Yeah. I was working with DME, so I got to work. I don't remember now which one was first <laughs> because they're kind of connected. <laughs> because David Maldonado was the one that I believe started Soho. Soho. He was involved in Soho Records with with uh, David. I think he was managing all the artists on the Soho, and he got a lot of the recordings that went into Soho, which was. Michael Stewart, Mark Anthony, La India, they were all the younger artists that came into Soho. So, um, and, so, and I was working either with the label or with David Maldonado. Like when Michael Stewart came out, I was with the label, but I was still helping with DME, you know, and, yeah. and Michael Stewart used to live with us and I took him all around the place. Really quick, for those who don't know what, because it was a long time ago, what La yeah. Perfecta Combinación was that Ralph Mercado created? Well, it's basically like a Fani All Star because uh, it was, um, you know, the Fani Records had many artists on the label, and they formed the All Star group. All of them were individual artists. Combinación Perfecta was more the combining the artists, you know, like putting um, Canario with Oscar, and uh, was it Canario with Oscar, or was it Pire Conde? I don't remember which artist. He put Canario. (laughs) It was Canario and Oscar. Dude, right, yeah. and then he had uh, Johnny with Ray Sepúlveda, Johnny Herrera, Ray Sepúlveda, and uh, he he combined many artists, India with Mark, and that's what that was the co- perfect combination, basically. Yep. That's what that's what that was the concept of that that uh, recording. Right, and, um, it was an amazing concert. Yeah, I mean, I went to a few of them, and I saw you know, like Tito Puente or Oquete La Luz. Yeah, Tony Vegas, Tito Nieves. Yeah, it's right, right, right. It was uh, incredible. So we're gonna do something really special now, really quick. We're gonna we're gonna jump uh-huh. we're gonna jump into the future really quick, okay? Right. And we're gonna talk about the uh, really quick. I'll I'll explain how you you and Izzy Rodriguez found Hush nightclub back in the day. <laughs> this is like a fast forward, okay? We're gonna fast forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and Izzy yeah, Rodriguez yeah. are hanging out downtown. You find Hush. Oh shit, Hush! This is a this is amazing. I had a big black yeah. curtain. You walked in, the seats were along the wall, really big dance floor, tremendous ambiance, and you guys yeah. found this place and began the Monday night party, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, so I then... Think, I think Izzy found that place. Is, you know what? You know what? If, if Izzy found that place, let's ask him. Izzy Rodriguez, what's up, my brother? Hey, Izzy. <laughs> my brother, what's up? what's up? What's up, my brother? How you doing, Pop? Everything good. 
That's my, that's my, that's like my, he's like my son, man. He's like, I got to tell you the stories. (laughs) You know, listening to the history of what you have done, I don't even know if I should be here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were part of that, man. You know what? I'll tell you a quick story. How Izzy, because Izzy, Izzy was too young to get into the clubs. And back then, you know, I had my crates of records because there was no, that was before, way before the CDs. And I used to come, I used to arrive at the Epoca and Izzy was waiting in front. You need help with your records? And that's how he got into the clubs, man. He's had me with my record yeah. crates. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> he was on the age when he used to get in carrying yeah. my records. 14 years old, man. So, <laughs> so you guys meet each other, right? Remember the story of the, how you guys did the uh, Hush? Yeah. yeah. Right? So then Hush closes down. They lose the lease, right? The amazing yeah, it was party, only, and it only lasted one year. Only one year. And you had amazing yeah. dancers that you had, Frankie Martinez. Oh. And, you know, a lot of things were funded. But you moved. You found an amazing space at yeah. a place called? Flamingo. Sassi? Flamingo, right? No. Well, no, before Sassi that, was, Sassi. Sassi was the first place we did. Okay. Sassi was the first party. Yeah. No, it was after Flamingo, wasn't it? Okay. No, no, no. Sassi was the first party we did. And then Sassi oh. lasted like four weeks. And oh, then right, right. I found Hush. And... You know, it was just concurrent. It just didn't stop. Yeah. Then when Hush closed down, we got lucky because we were saying, well, what, what are we going to do? And then uh, John Steele entered the picture. Yeah. He was the owner of Flamingo, and he loved Henry. Right. I mean, you know, I, I didn't know who John Steele was. Well, me and John Steele went back to the Copa. The Copa. He, was security, wow. he was security at the Copa. Wow. Yeah. And then and John was like, John was pissed at Henry that he didn't start the party in front of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he was. Yeah. So that's how Henry was the one who found Flamingo. Okay. And it's very important because John Steele, you know, John really, um, John Steele loved salsa. Yeah. 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 The reason why Monday night was so fantastic was because we never had to when we were in Flamingo, we didn't ha- we didn't worry about whether we had a good night or not, really, because John didn't care. He wanted the party. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. He let us do whatever we wanted. If we had an idea, a big idea, John was one hundred percent behind us. So it was yeah. it was really, you know, us doing working hard to make the party happen, and putting things together, the connections that he made, you know, it was just it was just a whirlwind. And then, you know, coming from Hush, which was fantastic, it just, the mess just, it was just. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fl- uh, Flamingo we took it to another level. Yeah, yeah. another whole other level. Man. So Flamingo kicks off, and you guys have this Simply Salsa Mondays. Right? Yeah. Simply Salsa Mondays. At Flamingo. Yeah. And you guys are bringing in the best of the best bands. You're bringing in like, you're bringing in like. Uh, Joe Cuba, Bañez, like, Joe Cuba, everybody, everybody. Yeah, everybody. right? Yeah, and, and so, we, and so yeah. out, of, out of that, out of that, right? And I'm I'm moving I'm, I'm moving close I'm moving quickly for a reason, but we'll get back yeah, to yeah. the good. Okay. Out of those things, you had a night there called <clears throat> Fiesta de Soneros. Fiesta de Soneros. <laughs> Okay. And there's, there's there's one gentleman here that we're gonna bring on right now, and he is the founder of the Spanish Harlem Orchestra. So Henry, just surprise you, 
Welcome Oscar oh, Hernandez. Oscar? <laughs> Oscar Hernandez. Yo. Wow. Yeah. Yo, you guys are bringing me back. I mean, the flamingo. <laughs> you know that's the first place for the Spanish Alamonca show. Yeah, man. No doubt about it. And Henry, you know, I mean, uh, Henry was key. Well, both of you guys. But Henry, I remember, was key to making a lot of things happen for us, too, back then. You know, so I'm really yeah. grateful and really happy that we were able to, you know, get some things happening. But the Flamingo, man, that was a really great place. Wow. You know, that that night lot. that we, we the, the CD release with Ruben, the Ooh. second CD. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Cool. That was a that was I mean man do I miss you guys both miss those times big time right I know uh, we, we miss them too yeah I know and New York ain't like that anymore no Jesus, no no man. but Fiesta de Soneros that was basically that was, that was basically the Spanish Harlem Orchestra yeah and then we had the five singers we had the three singers from from uh, Spanish Harlem which was uh, at that Frankie, time was Ray de la Paz. Right, Frankie Ray and Herman. And we, brought, no. we brought Herman. And no, it was I think Willie was the one at that time. No, it was no, Herman. no. It was Herman, Frankie Vasquez, and Oh, Frankie, right? Yeah, yeah. Frankie, yeah. yeah. And then we brought Domingo and um, and uh, Frankie Morales. Frankie, Frankie Morales, yeah. Right, as a so we had the five singers. And, but the and, Spanish, the original Spanish Harlem was Frankie, Herman, and Ray. Right. Remind me what night that was, Flamingo. What day of the week was that? That was Monday night. It was Monday, right. Imagine Monday of all nights. I mean, trying to recreate something, you know, uh, during those days was really, you know, really cool times. And Jesus, are you guys doing okay? The pandemic? Are you soft? Oh, wow. Look at that. Ooh, wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, funny. Look at that. When, I, when I look at that, look at the band now, yeah. Jesus, the, nobody's there, just Mitch. Let's, let's hear it. <laughs> let's hear it. I know, man. <laughs> Wow. What year? What year was that? Wow, man, you brought me back, bro. Oh, look, look at, at George Delgado, Chino Nunez. Wow, Bobby. <laughs> wow, he was a baby then, bro. Damn. You know, I give Oscar a lot of credit. You know, I hear Spanish Harlem and I see the evolution of that band where, from where it started to where it is now. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you turn around. It's amazing that that band continues at Yeah. That they are. And all the band changes and, you know, it's just... Maestro. Well, you, you know, <laughs> well, uh, hey, thank you, Izzy. The truth of the matter is, if, if I had to think think about it you know the one the one thing that i could say i'm most proud of is that you know doing all it's now 20 years right uh yeah. doing all those years we've made changes throughout the course of the time you know jimmy yeah. bosch pete nader yeah. richie yeah. Bidouet, ruben rodriguez maximo chino nunez right but you know what even with all those changes the band has lost nothing 
Exactly. You know what I mean? always bring at the top, you know? And, you know what? Guys. It's funny because I remember when... You remember the issues we had with with Frankie, who I love. Frankie's my brother. I love him to death. But, mm-hmm. you know, we had issues. And I said, Frankie, I can't do this no more, man. I'm sorry, man. You're, you're fired. He goes, what? You can't fire me. <laughs> you know? Uh, I said, well, you're fired. <laughs> and I, I don't relish firing anybody, all right? Yeah, the truth of the matter is I really don't. But as a band leader, man, it's tough. Because musicians, they don't always get it, and they have their own agenda. And for me, it's yeah. not Oscar Hernandez and his band. It's the Spanish Harlem Orchestra. You know, yeah. you have a vested – if you don't have a vested interest in this, then, you know, you can't be here. You know, you need to understand what it means, what we represent, and the commitment that we have. So, I mean, during the course of those years, I've had to make changes. But you know what? Frankie left, and what happens? We win the Grammy without Frankie. Mm. All right? Yeah. The, that was the first Grammy we won. Yeah. Recently, you know, uh, I had to make the change with Ray, who I man, Ray's one of the best singers, bar none. All right, Ray's an amazing singer, and I, and I really cherish the times that we had together and the records that we made. And, and those songs, man, I listen to them, I go like, "Whoa, wow!" But the yeah, truth yeah. is, he wasn't there all the time, man. And it was every time he wasn't there, I had to scramble to try to make stuff happen. It drove me crazy. I said, who's going to sing the second voice? I had to find somebody. And so I said, Ray, I can't do this no more. And you what happened? Jeremy we, now, huh? We wow. had Jeremy and we win the Grammy. So, wow, I Jeremy's mean. Jeremy's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy Bosch is like, wow. I yeah, mean, I mean, it was meant I mean, to happen. It was meant to happen. You know what's funny? I can tell you guys a quick story. So when I first met Jeremy, right? I, I said, you know what, let's go have lunch tomorrow. You know, I pick him up in Brooklyn because he was in Brooklyn. My brother yeah. was, I was staying in Brooklyn. I said, let's go. What do you want? You know, you know a place around here? He says, yeah, there's a place here. I said, so he tells me the story. He says, hey, Oscar, you, I want you, and I offered him the job, right? And he says, you want me to tell you something? When I was 15 years old, I told my father that I want to go to El Dia Nacional De la salsa, because there's a band that I that is coming that I I want to play with them one day, and it was us. Really? <laughs> wow! So, yeah, wow. He, he was he was 15, and and uh, so I said, "Are you kidding?" He says, "No, bro. I I told my father it's a band I want to see. They're from New York, and so it was meant to be. It really wow. was. And then he came in. You know, he's 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 the future of this band. Yeah, he's he's the see it. It's the future, the way I see it. When he came into the, when he did the first session, all right, and he came in and said, okay, Jeremy, I said, who wants to go first? We had the tracks. The tracks sounded amazing. He said, I'm first. I said, okay. Yo te prometo. He comes in and he goes, bang, 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 bang. Like, <laughs> even wow. even Marcos and Carlos were going like, "Holy cow!" He was <laughs> he was totally prepared. You could tell I mean, he's to he's, the, he's uh, he's he was totally prepared. He came in. Yeah. He said, "I'm ready for this moment. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life." And when he sang on that record, you know, on those records, the you know, "Yo Soy El Tambor" and "Yo Te Prometo," those were like first takes. Right. I mean, I just said, man, he just, you know, came in. I said, yeah. wow. So in any case, getting back to uh, getting back to, you know, that, you know, when you mentioned uh, Adrian, when you mentioned that. And yeah, I feel really proud that through all the changes, you know, the sound of the band, the commitment of the band, the vision of the band, what we represent wherever yeah. we get on a stage, you know, representing the best of who we are as Latinos, 
you know, yeah. with what we do. Right. And I take that. I take. I'm very proud of that, man. And and I, I'm not going to compromise, man. But no. it's so, you know, I'm glad that you brought me on because just to see Henry and Izzy, yeah, these are two pleasure, of my man. favorite people. You know, I and love you, know, you guys. And you know, and you know, Flamingo was the was the stepping stone for Spanish Harlem, mm. and from there, because of my connection at that time with the. Um, <laughs> My connection that time working with the labels and working with artist management, I started managing them and took them all around the world. And that was the beginning where we got to go to Japan. We went, we did an amazing tour in Japan with a Canario. Right. Canario was a guest singer with the band. And we had Frankie and Aisha and I was a DJ. And we did like a five city tour in Japan with Spanish Harlem. We did Hong Kong. We did Turkey. I remember when I took the band to Turkey, they were so scared because <laughs> that was just the beginning of the Iraq war and these borders. But we went to Israel. Yeah, we went to Israel. The thing about Israel, I remember somebody told me, oh, somebody said, no, I'm not going to Israel. Uh, yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. And I went like, what? Yeah, I forgot who it was. I think it was, I think it was... I, I, I'm not going to say who it was because I don't remember. Yeah, but, yeah. And they said, no, I can't go. It's too dangerous. And and uh, Henry, we had the most amazing We had the best time. time. Well, that you I know, mean, the same thing happened with uh, Jimmy Sabater and Jose Mangual. When when I first, I booked them out there in Israel and Jimmy calls me and says, shit, 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 fuck, fuck. I said, what's wrong? Are you excited? He said, I'm scared, shit. <laughs> he said, I'm scared. And then they, they had the best time. They told me there's the best time we've ever we had, had on all the places we traveled <laughs> I, had a, I had a blast and, and the fact that i took advantage of the time we stayed an extra three or four days remember me and yeah yeah stayed, we did the tour know? we did the, the holy land tour and, it was and, amazing and i stayed in new york promoting parties <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <Never got to know. laughs> you guys remember when you brought uh ruben blades to to a flamingo that night yeah, it was uh, the second the second album um, of Spanish Harlem Orchestra because the the I was working with them the, during the first album, which was nominated for the Grammy, didn't win the Grammy, but the second one was Ruben, and then we did the CD release party at uh, Flamingo. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was super packed. It was an amazing. Yeah, I night. mean, it's a lot of lot of great memories. You know, I mean, I'm not want to look in the past, you know, because I'm always trying yeah. to move forward. Yep. But I mean, every now and then I, I, I think of, you know, things that were really, you know, uh, you know, important. And those times yeah. were very important for the foundation of the band and moving forward. Henry was an important part of that. I always say it public when, when people ask me. But, yeah. you know, you guys, thank you for the love of the music, you know, that because without yeah. that love that we all have, because we all love this music, right? For me, yeah, exactly, man, I, exactly. I freaking love this music. I, you know, yeah. at my age Same now. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Talk about Ruben Blades. Talk about Well, I mean, you know. Hey. Henry, yeah. you remember the night Ruben Blades shows up? Yeah. We get, we get a call from Bobby Allende. We're having oh the, man! We're having the LeBron brothers. LeBron brothers. Yeah. Right? I, I never forget again. that night. I never forget oh, that night. Was that flamingo? It was yeah, a flamingo. We had LeBron brothers on stage, and then um, Jimmy Bosch pops up, right? Jimmy Bosch pops up, and then later, Bobby Allende, Marquinhos, and Ruben Blade show up. Right. Wow. It's Bobby Allende tells me, "Listen, you have a VIP space for." I'm bringing Ruben Blades in. 
I yeah, said, yeah, exactly. I got a space for him. Don't worry, just get him here. Wow. And then the best I bought, I gave, I put two bottles of wine on the table. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I was doing. But I'm saying, whatever it is, just please let him get on stage. I mean, you couldn't, we couldn't pay him for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The place was packed. And boom, Ruben does a whole set with the LeBron yeah, brothers. Yeah, with the LeBron brothers. Really? And Jimmy, Jimmy's up there, Mark is up there, and Bobby's up there. All of them jumped on stage. And it was yeah, like, and, and it wasn't that it wasn't that crowded that night. I remember I was dancing and I just had to stop and say, Oh shit, what just happened? <laughs> we don't have we don't have that videotaped, you know, anything you don't have no documentation. Yeah, it was the one know? night that Willie Viegas didn't video. Yeah, it really wasn't there, yeah. <laughs> Wow, I, I wish I could have been there. I missed that one. That but you know, that's the that's incredible thing about Mondays because Mondays, yeah, Mondays, and you you think about the entertainment industry, right? In New York, Mondays the Black Night for Broadway. They call it a Black Night because Broadway's closed, and Mondays a night that most entertainers don't work. So people used to just pop up. You know, and jump on stage. Yeah. I remember one night Ray uh, Ray Barreto showed up, yeah. and I was playing a song at the time. I was playing his song when he walked in, and you said, "See, Ray, I don't only play your music when you're here." <laughs> you know, and he would say, "Thank you, thank you." You know, he was so humble, like really nice guy. And he jumped on stage. I think I forgot yeah. who was playing. He jumped on stage. I remember let that me now. let me ask Oscar, Oscar, how did you how did you comprise that 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 band? Was it just was it did happen at, at did it did happen at Span at uh, El Flamingo or, or was it something that you put together later on or no? It was before. Yeah. You know, know what? No, it was before. I don't, I don't remember the 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 beginnings of the band. I know that we got nominated for a Grammy, and I tell people, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Spanish Harlem Orchestra wasn't my idea. It was, it was the a idea DJ from Philly. It was idea of, of Aaron Levinson, and right. but the truth is, Henry, it was meant for me. Yeah, I mean, exactly. the, the, I, I thank God every day because it gave me the opportunity to to really put my vision and my stamp on the music. Because I mean, yeah. I, after all, I was the the artistic, you know, uh, producer, music right, producer right, of right. the records of all the records, even the first one. Although he had input in terms of songs, but after the second one, once we did the second one, it was all me in terms of choosing everything. So exactly. An actual decision, and I, I, you know, I'm not here to pat myself in the back because that's not what it's about. But yeah. I mean, don't forget, I've been doing this now for 50 years, bro. Yeah, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. I've been doing it for 50 years. I'm 66 years old, going to be 67. So I started at 16, you know, when I was professionally, yeah. I started playing 16 I, or 17. I think I know Oscar for at least 40 years. Yeah. Certainly when you started, Henry. Yeah, exactly. Because when I started was when uh, Mark and all these guys were starting. Because they were a little bit younger than me, I think. If right. I'm not mistaken, Oscar, you used to play with the Eddie Torres Orchestra, I think. Yeah. I yeah, that was, he was. That's how I met you. Where I you, 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 you used the whole uh, Dan City CD, right? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you another interesting story. Uh oh. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, because these stories <laughs> they, they 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 remain in my heart. So that record, the Dan City, right? And I love Eddie Torres. He asked me to produce the record musically. Mm -hmm. So I did it as a labor of love. I didn't you know mm -hmm. I didn't make much money. You know he, they didn't have money to pay. But but we did it as a labor of love, and it it probably so. You know, I say kidding around, it's on like 10 records. Yeah. So, yeah. 
<laughs> but that record got a great review in the New York Times. And Paul Simon read the review when he told somebody, hey, get me this record. He heard the record. He says, wow, who's this guy? Who produced this record? And that's how yeah. we call me the two to Cape Man. Bingo. That's right. So and you know, and remember we were working that together. I was a DJ. We used to do Sundays at the Broadway ninety six, Mama Magic, and it Latin was me quarter, and actually. Well, it was called wasn't it Broadway ninety? Yeah, it was Latin Latin quarter, Latin right, Latin right, Latin right at that time. Yeah, because Broadway ninety six before that. Yeah, and uh, I was a DJ, and Oscar was there with his the band director. Yep. I, I, Mitch was Mitch was in the band. I think Mitch Ralph Arizari. Was, Mitch was the musical director of the band, but when it okay. came to do the record, he asked me to produce it. Oh, so, okay, okay. And I and I put everything together, you know. And that record, and it, you know, was a labor and, of love for me. And at that time, it was when any when any tours, it was Stacy Lopez, it was Delil yeah. and, Neg- and Negro dancing. Yeah, man. <laughs> and yeah. you know what I remember about those times that Sunday. For those three or four hours, people yeah. got lost in dance. Yeah, bro. It, and it was, was early. So much, oh, it was, it was like it was a, a matinee. Yeah, my, early. My, my yeah. Yeah. My that was actually the first socials, bro. Like, from what you see now. Yeah, those, exactly. That's how the social started because that's when, after Eddie was doing Mambo Magic, that's when Jimmy Anton started doing his social. And then oh, that's right. Yeah. Social. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Those were fun times, and it made me realize the importance of dance and how people. I used to look at all these all the five women that used to come. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the five I women. Go, oh, check these, and they used to leave with the ugliest guys because the guy could dance. You know, like, <laughs> I said, "Yo, what later for him?" You know. So, uh, but it was used. I used to really see how people used to get lost. I mean, they love dancing. Yeah, yeah, it's a, exactly. it's kind of a, a beautiful thing to watch because I mean, I mean, sometimes the dancers are also, in a way, not the best thing because it becomes, right. it became a sport. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the dancing that I grew up with, where people was yeah, into the yeah. groove of the music and just into the part. And now it's how many flips you can do, how many turns you can do. You know? Well, I was talking to Adrian about that just uh, two days yeah. ago. I told him how back then the people went out for the music. They went out for the music, and the no music doubt. is what made them dance. Yeah. Now um, a lot of people go out to dance. They don't really... It's not the. It's not about the music. It's about the dance. Hey, and, I, um, I, I, I love like, flamingo. Was kind of like the evolution of the dance. Like you know, the dance in terms of uh, what you see now in these congresses and stuff like that. Right. Um, flamingo was a part of that evolution because you have all these young dancers that come right, right, and doing all the crazy turns. Because I got to tell you, I was one of them. Right? Yeah. But the beautiful thing was that we still had control of the dance. We really kind of like knew what we were doing. If you, I mean, Henry, that video that you produced for the last night of Flamingo, remember? It's coming up, bro. It's yeah. coming up. Bro, if you see the dancing that's done in that video, everybody's dancing. Oh, I mean, doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Turns, but it was always smooth and everybody was in their place and nobody was knocking anybody over. Yeah, but I, I'm talking about a different animal. I'm talking about the Salsa Congress is like here when I moved to L.A. I never forget. I went to the Salsa Congress <laughs> here with Albert Torres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm walking yeah. to the I'm walking to the restroom and I hear these two guys ask the other guy, hey, who, 
from Sonora Ponceña was playing. Uh, he yeah. asked the guy, hey, who's playing? The guy said, I don't know, some oh, man. man. Yeah. Some yeah, like, really? Man, I mean, they had no clue as to who the band was. I'm going like, Jesus. And they were there yeah. for, for who they could pick up, who danced right. with the girls, you know, and they didn't care about the music. And that's not my idea, man. I don't want anybody <laughs> taking our music for granted, bro. I really don't. I cannot go to a congress and and I, I I consider myself a pretty good dancer. You are, you guys, you and Henry are uh, you guys are amazing. <laughs> <man. laughs> you guys are smooth. And when I get into those rooms and I start seeing these people going crazy, I can't dance. I start dancing and I lose my step watching them. It's like well, you, you know, ask the first. A friend uh -huh. came to LA and he told me. Uh oh. Sorry. He told me, Oscar, because everybody here was wild. He said, this guy hit, hit me three times. He told me, bro, if you hit me one, he told the guy, if you hit me one more time, <laughs> we're going outside. Because, I mean, there's no respect. There isn't. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's a shame that it, it really, you know, it's goes to that, to that level. Because, you know, for me, I started back in the day where people were just totally into the groove of being able to groove with that one person. And it wasn't about, you know, showing off. And yeah. that's what it is become, you know, and I, I understand it. You know, I, I, I could get it because yeah. you know, people, it is a beautiful thing to watch when it's well done. But when you see people who, yeah, when you see people who do it artistically and then they're still smooth and they get out there in the dance floor and they're still respectful of everybody else. And it's not about they're not doing it, you know, to look at me. They're doing it because they, they love it and they you know, for the music. Yeah, uh, I mean, let me ask you, you know, now that, now that we have you here, let me let me take a little bit of advantage, yeah? So Oscar, what's the one thing you learned from playing with Ray, with next to Ray Barreto? What's the one thing that you learned? That you never well, forget. I mean, the one thing, I mean, there's so many things. First of all, I, I'm forever grateful to Ray because I joined that band when I must have been about 25 years old. And uh, he gave me the opportunity as a young musician to spread my wings, not only as a pianist, but as an arranger. So, and Ray, you know, I say that the music that I made with Ray is a precursor to what I'm doing with Spanish Harlem Orchestra. You know, I put a couple of posts, people, not me, people put a couple of posts of like they put up Monde Artificial, Alvesus Campos, Indiferencia, they put those songs. And I mean, to me, that's kind of similar to what we're doing with Spanish Harlem Orchestra. What happened was that after that era, commercial salsa became popular hmm. and people forgot what that sounded like. So they heard Spanish Harlem Orchestra. Everybody said, like, gee, who are these guys? Because that's, you know, the organic energy and swing of what the music was. That's what it was back in those days. You know, you had all those great bands. And and, and don't forget, these guys could tell you, we used to play at the Corso, at the, wherever wow. it was, <laughs> at the Casino 14, uh, wherever it was, at, you know, the, at the... Uh, Wednesdays. Uh, wherever it was. <laughs> there was always two to three to four bands. So you'd be, everybody was saying, wait, we got to kick ass here, man. This guy's here. Everybody, who's going to, who's going to sound the best. So whether you're playing opposite Pacheco, opposite with Perico Ortiz or, or whoever it was, you had to bring it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and that's exactly. kind of lost. But I mean, with Ray, you asked me the question, the truth of the matter is I'm forever grateful that he let me spread my wings. I did six albums with Ray. 
And I'm wow. proud of all of them. They all sound amazing. From which, reconstruction. Uh, which, which, okay, yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. Reconstruction. Go ahead. Rhythm of Life. Uh, uh, I can't remember the names. The Tremendo Trio. Uh, um, <laughs> the one that has Man of Duras. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I, did the, I did the two records live at uh, Tomorrow is one. Oh, live wow. at the Beacon. Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, so. I don't remember all six of them, amazing, but I did amazing. six records with Ray. And, you know, it's funny because somebody told me, I had I did an interview with Colombia, and the guy told me, mira, el solo que tu cogiste en la apocrisia, la falsedad. And I'm like, what? That was, that was before my time. I said, that wasn't, I said, that wasn't me. He said, no, it was you. Then he, I said, from what album? He tells me from the live album, and he sends it to me. I'm going like, holy sh! Wow, that's insane. You know, so the music is. I gotta say, the other day I posted, you know, because with my salsa link page, right. uh, since I'm not really doing any events, I always post videos, right? And Barreto's music, as much as I loved it, because the one of the first tunes that I loved as a kid growing up, de la mascara, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and wow. The music on top of music, and Loretto's musical legend legacy is just amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I posted something the other day, and as much as I love his music, but I love his music even more now than I did 10 years ago because it's just it, Loretto's music just hits you in the it's it's timeless, you know. I mean, and that was like uh, the school for many, right? I oh. mean, Jimmy Bosch came out of that band. Um, yeah. Well, and Andy Gonzalez Soto. before that, Andy Gonzalez, Louis Cruz, Johnny Rodriguez, yeah. Orete Villato. Exactly. Don't forget those guys. Yeah. They came out of Barreto. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean and so, then the later ones like Angel Fernandez is now musical director for Mark. He was in I mean, Barreto's band. I used to, I used to literally hear "Quita de la Mascara" was when I was like six years old. And you know that's a catchy tune. Yeah, yeah, no, I grew up with that song. <laughs> my grandmother's booking, and she's and she's and she used to live on the first floor, and she used to play all the music, and I'm listening to all the music, and I'm playing stickball, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't let quitate la mascara come up, bro. I'll be like, ah, guarare. What about guarare? Guarare, wow. Guarare, bambaquere. The first time I heard when I did live, I was actually with you, Henry, in the tapestries, right? Wow. It was like six years old. I was playing it, My godfather, right? Yeah. My godfather used to be the general manager of the village gate. Really? Wow. Wait a minute. My godfather was the general manager. What? Of the Wait, who, what's his name? Bobby Bryant. Robert yeah. Bryant. Bobby I Bryant. Mean, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I met Barreto, I mean, I'm a 15-year-old kid. I should be in the club. And I and after Barreto's set, um, I tell him, hey, you know my godfather. He goes, No, I don't. I said, Yeah, you know my godfather. I said, Who's your godfather? I said, My godfather manages the, the, the manager of the village gate, Bobby Bryant. And he said, You're Bobby Bryant's guy. Bro, the first time I went into the first time that I <laughs> hour and Barreto didn't usually do after hours he goes come with me we're gonna no, hang out <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. Latin's jazz Latin's jazz no. at the village gate bro I, yeah, the first time I ever went to an after hour I went to an after hour with Ray Barreto we went to uh gallery no no it was Pozos 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 yeah Pozos we, we, we used to start at 5 o'clock in the morning and you, you, you know you know it was, it was hilarious 
We used to get out. We used to play at five o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah. It was raunchy, raunchy, and then this was a Saturday night, so you used to finish at eight o'clock in the morning. Eight o'clock in the morning. Come out with the sun. Yeah, the sun, and then you see the people going to church. I know, I know. They're looking at you like they're giving you dirty looks. Oh my god! I used to work at the gallery. I used to go from the Epoca. I used to finish at the Epoca at four in the morning. And drive straight down to 109th Street to do the 109 Gallery. Oh my I started God. there at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And I used to walk out of there sometimes at 9, 10 in the morning. And I used to leave a tape plane because there yeah. were still people there. Yo, this wow. is a funny story. One day, they they, they called me to do a Sunday. Carario called me to do a Sunday gig at 1 p.m. Sunday, 1 p.m. Right. A place called El Punto. You remember that? <laughs> It was, was in Washington Heights. It was in Washington Heights. And it was from people who were hanging out from the after hour who still hadn't slept. It was a uh, talk about you could see the grease falling down their bodies. Like, oh, God. The Dominican didn't start till 12 o'clock in the afternoon. We used to go. We, like, Remember, we used to go to the Mambis up there in, uh, by Dykeman yeah, after the club, see, to eat yeah. the arroz con pollo after the parties. Wow. So, Oscar, uh, you also did Mujer Erotica, right? Tito Rodriguez Jr.? Yeah, I did that arrangement. I did a couple. Wow. He just called me. I haven't talked. You know what's funny? Man, time flies, man. Actually, you guys look great. Henry, you look the same, and Izzy, you look the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Amazing. But Tito called me the other day. He, he sent me a message. He says, hey, bro, you know, it's like, you know, uh, I want you to do two arrangements. He says, if you're up to I said, yeah, of course, call me, bro. I didn't realize that I haven't talked to Tito really in – he's been living in Manhattan for 18 years. I said, are you still living in, in, in Connecticut? Because he always lived in Connecticut. He says, right. no, bro, I live in, I've been in Manhattan for 17, 18 years Oh, I thought oh, he was I, in the Bronx. He's in Manhattan. Okay. No, he's in Manhattan. He lives on 96th Street and or for something. Forgot yeah. third or something like that. But yeah, it's scary how time flies, man. Yeah, it's very so fast. Oscar has been has been kicking ass ever since the uh, the El Flamingo days with the Spanish Harlem Orchestra, and and he took the band around the world, obviously. And yeah, so Henry, the world, bro. let's 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 uh, give the people a taste of of what Oscar has um you know has produced recently. Uh, including the singer Jeremy Bosch and everything he's done there. So people love that kid, man. Jeremy Bosch is nasty. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I get so many compliments from people, man. I'm just blessed. You know, I feel totally honored to keep doing the music. I love this song, Oscar. So, I'm playing it. I'm playing it in Thailand. Really? So yeah. this was originally done by Ruben Blades. Wow. That's right. He did it as a he did, he did it as a did it as a samba. Great. I, I thought he wrote it, but he didn't write it. I, I, I said, but I, I get the first record. I gave him a credit when it first came out on the uh-huh. reprint. They had to fix it by a Cuban, uh, by uh, the guy from Climax. I forgot his name. All right, right, right. The Cuban singer, yeah. Jeremy's voice is just amazing. Yeah, 
And you know what? He's such a beautiful kid, man. He's so humble. Yeah, I got to meet him when I was in New York last time, and um, I was like, who is this kid? I, I saw him performing with um, uh, Arturo Ortiz. They were the, the, fonda, de, the fonda, fonda del Barrio. Right. And they were there. It was Jeremy singing and playing flute. I was like, who is this kid? That's when Yo, he had just started with Spanish Harlem. And the truth is, have you heard him play on the Land Jazz record, the flute? Oh, no, he's tremendous, man. He's yeah, phenomenal. he's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I mean, he is. And he yeah. did those. I had him play as a reference because I was going to invite soloists on the record. Right. And his solos were one take. I couldn't take them off the record. They're that, that amazing. <laughs> really, I said, Jeremy. Anyway, he came, he came, and he did this in one take. Wow. Everything, I went like, me and Marco and Carlos were like, going like, holy cow, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have, I have. Yeah. It's a real deal, man. Yeah, he's no oh, good. Yeah. The first time I heard him, I said... Because he's really clear now, you know what I mean? When he first joined the band, he was a little bit still. But now, after the first three or four months, forget about <laughs> it. You know? Really clear, man. I, I, and not only that, but if you talk to him, super bright. Yeah, you know, yeah. how many singers, he could talk to you about all of the old stuff. He mentions songs by Rivera, songs by Cortijo, you know, the whole tradition. You can't play music and sing and do the things that he does if you don't have that, because it's just, you know, if, if he doesn't have that history, he can't be that good. So he's, he's just... That's exactly. He's studied and he's really, really knowledgeable, very bright. Incredible. Just, so young. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really proud of him. I told him, and I, and, yeah, I make no bones about it when, when we perform. I say, hey, this is the future of the music. Listen to this kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really honored to have him in the band. And, you know, uh, he's been nothing but a feather in our cap. Not only that, but he adds a young energy to the band that we need, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the name of the other the other gentleman who could have singing with you. Carlos Cascante. Carlos Cascante. Hey, did you hear Marco's record? What do you think of Marco's record? Wow, wow, I love it. You know what? I did. I love it. I'm playing Marco's record. The thing about Marco's record that makes me so proud is that people are now viewing him as an artist. And I, 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 I freaking love that because, and it was me. I said, Marco, you got to make a record. I kept, yes. I kept, I said, Marco, you got to make a record. Come on. I did everything. I did everything as a labor of love for him because I love him, bro. He's my buddy. And he is one of the nicest people. I mean, Marco Bermuda. Awesome. Oh, el, el de Toton de Maria was number one in Puerto Rico, bro. 
Really? He deserves that. He really does. He, he deserves he that. He certainly yeah. deserves it, man. Because, you know, all these other guys are doing it. I said, why not you? You've been in this business for 30 years, bro. Come on, man. Let's do it. That's and, man, he when kicked I butt. That, when I heard that he was working on a production, I said, man, he deserves that. It is totally. And he's doing totally. that. And, it, and, and it's about time. It was about time that he yeah, did one. Sure. So we're already talking about the new uh, the new record. Uh, Spanish Harlem Orchestra music is all ready to go. It's all on my computer, and it sounds amazing. I can't wait to go in the studio, you know? We can't wait to hear it, bro. Hey, but I got to leave you guys, man. I got to go pick up my daughter. Okay, you know, Oscar, man. It's hey, good to see you. It's I love so you, awesome, man. You, I love you guys forever. Yeah, I love you too, and, man. And I can't wait to be able to see you and hug you. Fuck the pandemic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> likewise. <laughs> likewise, <laughs> likewise. Adrian, God bless you, brother. All right. God bless you, man. Good to see you. We'll talk Oscar soon, man. Yeah, no, we haven't spoken in a while, man. We got to talk. We got to catch up. Love you, bro. God bless. Love you too, brother. There he goes. Man, that's memories, man. Let me tell you. Yeah, that was a nice surprise, Adrian. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure, brother. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I had a lot of of travels with the Spanish Harlem Orchestra. It's funny because that whatever, it's funny. Once Spanish Harlem broke, right? Yeah. Whatever we did. Yeah. Right? Whatever we did, the first band was always going to be Spanish Harlem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, we got Oscar. We got Spanish Harlem. I know, man. And yeah, whatever that, I did, because I put them a lot. You know? That night, that night of the Fiesta de Soneros that Adrian mentioned, that was uh, that was an epic night. Epic. That yeah. You can never. Well, you know, Adrian, were you there? Oh yeah, yeah. I was right in front, bro. Do you remember the yeah. second set? Oh damn! Because because Canario had told us that he was gonna, you know, that's my boy, man, my brother. Yeah. He said, "Look, I'm gonna be there, but don't you can't promote me. I'm just gonna show up." That's right. So the second set, Canario shows up, and but Azuquita shows up. Oh. Um, um, Jose Mangua Jr. It was a whole bunch of guys that showed up and dropped on. That was a. Yo, I thought the stage Henry, was gonna collapse, bro. Henry, what, you <laughs> what you don't know that me and Adrian know. Uh-huh. No, he right? doesn't. <laughs> Adrian and I were. I forgot where it was that we were the night before. Right. Fiesta de Sonoros, which is a Sunday night. We're, we're listening to Cano de Primera live in New York. Wow. And. <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh, so you invited everybody. I was I was gonna invite him down. I oh, said no, no, that's gonna be trouble, right, Adrian? Oh, that's <laughs> gonna be trouble. That's gonna be trouble because Domi- Domingo was there. <laughs> Yo, man, that would have been crazy, like, man. Like a lion to a deer in the in the in the. We were this close, right, Adrian? We were like this close to you inviting. Started, him. You probably had a fight there, man. <laughs> that's how much I learned in the interim because you know that when I first if, when I first started I used to do some dumb stuff that you know yeah, yeah. I would have invited him had I been like yeah. a year and a half earlier I would have invited him and then you would have looked at me and we would have been like what did you do <laughs> wow yeah because I because I used to manage Domingo too I, I know, mean I, I worked with, under under our DME Domingo Cuñones was one of the artists, uh, Grupo Manía, Michael Stewart, all these guys. So 
I got to work with them. That's why Domingo did did that for us as a favor, you know. Sure. He, we paid him, but you know, he that's my boy, you know. So the funniest was, thing I, is I, that I was able to get a lot of things happening because of my relationship with the artist. Henry, do you remember how we came up with that? Because that's a funny story. Uh oh. Before you that's guys get in, story. before you guys get into that story, that's yeah, Izzy, Izzy has a brain of an elephant, bro. He remembers everything. I forget a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's let let me shout out a few people that are, that are joining okay, us. Okay. Okay. okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. So Lupe Torres, thank you for joining us. Ben Clemente, Tito Puente Jr., Angel Tito. Ne- oh yeah, Angel Negro Rodriguez Santana. Maya uh, ne- Negro, Negro Negro. Yep, Steven Rivera de Puerto Rico. Steven. Eso. <laughs> Mike Bello, Mari Hernandez, uh, you know, and, and everybody else that's joining us. Mike Cumbia, thank you so and much. Angel from uh, New Swing Sextet is around. Vaya. Oh, Angel, hello. And we actually, um, we're going to have New Swing Sextet uh, on the Mambo in the City podcast coming up. There's the flyer right there. So yeah, that's with that's... me and Mario B, and that's coming up. Henry, you're more than welcome to, 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 to jump on. Yeah, this, I'm going to um... gonna try to make it, but I have another I have another commitment that day. I'll try to see if I can get in after. Okay. And uh, we also uh, have coming up on Mambo in the City podcast. Well, we got these guys here really quick. We also have El Pavarotti, Tito Nieves showing up, and that's uh, March 19th. From uh from Orlando, nice. Florida, bro. So Un saludo a Sammy Garcia, man. Sammy's there, Sammy's there. Sammy's around, yeah, man. Hey, my boy, Sammy, yeah, man. Sammy's doing Sammy and Richie are doing some amazing things. Uh, yeah, a lot of recordings uh coming out. Yeah, Carlos, wow. Damn, me and Carlos is we go back to the ochentas. Sammy <laughs> Garcia, <laughs> Sammy, my boy. So the only night I ever got to go to Ochentas was the last night that it was open. Let me see. What was the question, my Negro? So when and how do you get involved with the Salsa Congress? Uh-oh, wow. Uh-oh, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Well, you know, can we go into it now? If 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 this is your show, okay. my brother. This is your, this right, is your right. night, my brother. So the Salsa Congress, I, I was DJing for Elite Isari. I used to, I used to play it every Thursday night. At uh, Latin Quarter with Fiesta con Polito, I was on the radio for four four hours with La Mega, and then Fridays I used to fly out to Puerto Rico because Eli was had me playing at the Club Babylon in um, at San Juan Hotel in Puerto Rico, Uh-oh. and so I used to fly to Puerto Rico every every Friday, and Eli tells me this idea. He says, "You gotta set un congreso. I would do a congress with." With bands and dance shows and and dance lessons, like a, like kind of like a, you know, convention for for dancers, with the live music. It sounds like a great idea, and the guy does it. I think the same year or the next year, right? I I didn't get to go the first year. The first year was called the Congreso Mundial de la Salsa, mm. right? And then um, then in '97. Bacardi became the main sponsor, and basically, they the name of the Congress changed to Congreso Bacardi de la Salsa. And I went that year. I, I was just I went as a guest. I was invited as a guest there. When I walked into that room, it was like I died and went to salsa heaven. I, it was incredible <laughs> because I couldn't believe people from all parts of the world because you know you grow up in new york and you get used to the style of the of the people dancing and the music and everything 
But then when you see people from Asia, from Europe, from the East Coast, from the West Coast, from the Caribbean, from Canada, from every part, all parts of the world dancing in one room, you go, wow. And they had two stages. It was, uh, they had one stage with the shows. And then in the middle of the stages was a dance floor. And so as soon as the shows finished, the band would kick off, pop, 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 and the, band, and the music would start. And people would dance. They just turned around and started dancing, you know, like uh, everything was right there. And what I noticed was that um, when, I was at, when I went to the first Congress, I said, this is a great concept. And I told, the, I told Ali and the other, his other partners, you're missing a DJ. You know, you need a DJ to get, keep the people going during the breaks of the band, before the bands and after the bands. Because DJs are artists just like dancers and, and the musicians, the bands. And you got to put the DJ on a stage, on a riser with proper equipment, professional equipment. And they really like my my idea, you know. So because when you think about it in Puerto Rico, in the Latin in the salsa parties, there weren't really DJs at that time. It was behind the bar that would put on some a CD or a tape to just keep some music going until the band came back on. And that was uh, at the first Congress. It was Elise's brother just playing music by the sound console. He would put on a CD on a home CD player, and the sound guy would bring up the channel and play the music. So then that that weekend, they not they announced me as the official Bacardi Congress DJ. They had a press conference and. They um, they announced me as the official DJ. They gave me a check to buy all the equipment. And and that's how, you know, it all started. Then Bacardi started to take it to the different markets. From Puerto Rico, we went to we went to New York, to Miami, to L.A. Um, we did Detroit. We did uh, many, many. Chicago. Chicago was a big one. Then we went to Mexico, Panama, Italy. Germany, France, uh, we just went on tour, and I was the DJ with the dancers. I was the main DJ for the Congress with Bacardi. Joaquin Bacardi was there with us uh, from the Bacardi family. And so it was an incredible journey, uh, how these Congresses, and there was always live music in the Congresses. It was about the live music. I mean, when we went to... We went to Spain. We had Gran Combo, uh, Gran Combo with us, you know. We went to Miami. I remember Andy Montañez was with us in Panama, you know. It was Los Hijos de los Celebres, which is it was his son Andy and Isma Rivera Jr. and uh, Pucci, Peyin um, Rodriguez's uh, son. You know, we had and Cita. the best Cita of too, times. Yeah. Uh, Cita was Cita wasn't Cita wasn't there. She Cita wasn't there. Wasn't there. Okay. Yeah, it was. It wasn't there. She wasn't there. But uh, it was Andy, yeah, Andy Pucci and um, and Isma Rivera Jr. And we had a crazy time with the Palladium Mambo Legends or Charlatanes, you know, was playing jokes on people. <laughs> you want me to tell you a story about uh, one of the jokes that Mike uh, Ramos Go for it, bro. did? Uh, <laughs> he did on Pucci, Peyin Rodriguez's son, right? Because um, we would play in an elegant place in, in Panama and he didn't have a suit. And Mike says, ah, don't worry, I'll lend you a suit. Uh, so he gives, he gives him a suit, the shirt, the tie, everything, right? 
Then he calls security and and he reports it's stolen. So so he's he's on the floor, you know, because Mike would when he would arrive at any of the congresses, he would get the rooming list. He would know where everybody is, and he would call people and play jokes on them. And he was just waiting for <laughs> Peying Pucci uh, to go down. And, and and when he saw him come out of the room dressed, he said, "I think the guy that stole my suit is going down now." And the security stopped him, <laughs> put him up against the wall. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Henry doesn't stay far behind when it comes to doing those tricks either. Because <laughs> we used to have a blast in the Catskills, bro. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Every used night, to play jokes. Huh? Oh my God! After the, I remember um, David one night after, <laughs> after after uh, after uh, the 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 party was over. Henry goes, and the after parties in David uh, Campbell's David room. Because yeah. <laughs> I used to, I and I used to get him every year because I used to say, David, what room are you in? And he used to tell me his room number, and I used and to get him every year. year. And the people would be knocking on the door all night. <laughs> wow! Oh my god, those are the best weekends, bro. Yeah. Let's, take, let's take a quick look at uh, at the <clears> end. Like we were talking about that last uh, dance at El Flamingo, bro. Right. So let's let's take a, a quick a quick peek. Wow. There's a bro that brings tears okay, to no, people's no, eyes. No yore, no yore, bro. No yore. Henry, what day was that at that end? Little hazy. You guys remember what day that ended? I don't remember. I have it somewhere. I can find it in the meantime. Okay. Give me a minute. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me go find this thing. I remember because I wasn't with I wasn't with the party at the end. Okay. Right. Izzy had pulled out. Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had, I was doing other things, uh, but of course, I always went to support that party. Yeah. You know, I would always show up every once in a while to make sure that, you know, and that was an amazing night, man. Let's yeah. see it, bro. Let's see it. Hold on one second. All right, here we go. Can you guys see that? There goes the day right there, 2005. It says it right there. July 2005. Wow. You know that dancing going on and nobody's hitting anybody? <laughs> and all the turn patterns and everybody's smooth, beautiful. Look at this. That's how you dance, man. Hold on a second. Let's just... Look at Gabriel. Come on. All right. Hey, Otero. <laughs> Otero. Otero. <laughs> Otero. That's a bad boy, Oscar. Bro, some of these people, I, I haven't seen them anymore. <laughs> They're still dancing. He's still dancing. He does a lot of uh, ballroom. Wow. What a beautiful space, man. Look at that vinyl, man. What a dancing. Dancing with Danny. Yeah. Woo. 
classic. Let's get to let's get to uh I regret from this video is that because flamenco was always we would feature live music every Monday and this video didn't right capture that didn't capture that that special you know because for me the live music is very important not only the dance this video is more about the dancing which is great but I would have loved to have a portion of the live band <laughs> My side is 2020, brother. You know? Look at that. Look at that speech. Yeah. Look at that I speech. think that, you know, everybody knew what it was. Just some of those people who experienced it. You know what I mean? We had one year at Hush and four years at Flamingo. Yeah, man. Hello. De Nueva York no me voy, pero me fui. Debbie Mercado. Debbie. That's my sister. Debbie Mercado, man. I love that. Yeah. I'm a dancer. Good night, Carlos. Good morning for me. Yeah, yeah. How much lunch Adrian time got me up early, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know, that was the success of the parties, man, because, you know, you turned around. You know, if you see, if you see what's going on there, mostly everybody's really young, you know? So, yeah, it was all the, a lot of the young dancers, yeah. You know, and that was, that was the beauty of the party because it was just so energetic and... And live and you guys did this. You guys did this without performances, bro. What's that? You guys did this without performances. No, we have performances all the time. We have performances all the time. We have performances. No, no, I'm talking about now. They have like maybe what eight, nine performances. You guys? No, now the parties revolve around performances. As I'm saying, you guys did this without the lack of so many performances right the, we, no, we, we concentrated we more on the music yeah exactly. yeah but the beautiful thing about about that party who's that bad dude there dancing uh, anyway um <laughs> you know we had what was oh, and oh. get credit to henry for that because we had the best dancers from around the world yeah at our parties bro you know, yeah, because I mean, of my travels, my travels yeah. as a DJ around the world. When people came to New York, the first parties they would come to were mine. Yeah, the first time they would dance in New York, they would be dancing at our parties, man. So I give Henry, I mean, you know, all the credit goes to Henry for that. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, I mean, we had, I mean, just think about when Frankie Martinez first started, the first time these people saw Frankie Martinez's choreographies were yeah, at a party. Yeah. Yeah. It was Izzy that, uh, I mean, I saw, I saw Frankie when he was learning with Eddie, you know, cause I, I, yeah. I, I was managing Eddie for a while and, um, and Frankie was uh, one of his students but I saw the talent and, and and it was Izzy that told me this kid is amazing. We, and then when we moved, I think with the saucy, right? Yeah. When we started at saucy, he, he performed the first night. I brought him there just really to, to uh, audition for you because I knew that, once, you know, you guys yeah. got together. That would be it. Where did you guys meet each other? This, what is this, this, you know, me and Izzy. Yeah. Oh, well, we met the nightclub at the Epoca. Epoca, yeah. At the Epoca, man. I was 14 and I... And, when he was uh, waiting in the front of the club, he said, let me help you with the records. The funniest, thing, the funniest thing, though, like I was telling Adrian, you know, the first six or seven years I hadn't known each other, we never even exchanged numbers. We just used to see each other, right? Right, right, right. So when when um, when um Henry leaves the Epoca, I'm like, where is he? You know? and, I, and I'm like, now I'm... I'm I'm like 16. And all right, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take a leap and just walk in, you know. Uh-huh. And then I used to go to the Epoca. We used to be the only club I was able to get into. Because they remember you. Yeah, they remember me. And then um I found Henry again at La Mirage. That's right, on King's Ridge. That's when we became really tight. That's when he started taking me to the after hours. <laughs> yeah, we used to run to the 109 after that, yeah. That's when he started taking me to the. Those are some crazy times because it was like a nonstop party. We used to go from the club to the after where I DJed until maybe nine or ten in the morning, and then in the summer go straight to the beach to to Orchard. And And we used to sleep on the beach. We used to sleep on the beach, and then they had the live music, and then the pedalable courts with the dancing. Yeah, Yeah, crazy. People don't realize that. Well, we used to hang out on the beach in those days, man. You talk about hundreds of thousands of people on the beach, bro. Yeah. Not not like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people on that beach. Maybe at one time, 20,000 pe- 20, people dancing salsa in those paddleboard courts. And DJ you know, Ernie there. Yeah, Ernie on the paddleboard courts, yeah. Sunday. Stacy Goldberg dancing there. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. I got to tell you a story, Adrian, because um, in the Orchard Beach was when I really felt that the Bronx was a condado de salsa. Right. I'll tell you why, because besides that, everywhere you would go around the Bronx, like when you walk down Third Avenue, you would hear the salsa blasting out of the stores. But at that time, during Orchard Beach, it was the Roger Dawson show. On uh, on Sundays, and Sunday was, was the big day at the beach, you know, and and you used to walk that from one end of the boardwalk to the other, and you would not miss a beat of a song because everybody, you know, back then you had the the boom the boom boxes, right? So everybody had their radios, and you would walk from one end to the other. You would not miss a beat of the song because everybody had the same station on, you know. <laughs> The yeah. Roger Dawson show on Sundays, and and it was salsa, incredible. Like you know, it was everywhere it was salsa, 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 salsa. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, 
the Bronx. And, you know, all these guys were there. Like, all the musicians were in the Bronx. Some of the top musicians, I remember Tito Allen was there. Alberto oh, Santiago. All these guys were in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. I used to see them every day in the clubs, you know. we Because I was DJing, like, six, seven nights a week. And I would go from one club to another. The Chessensois, the Tapestry, what? the Lu that Luigi's, the Hunts Point Palace, the, the Stardust Ballroom. People. All these places, Riddler's. you know, and, Riddlers, yeah, Ooh. peoples, <laughs> you know, it was like nonstop. You, you, you know, there was music everywhere, everywhere, like, like from one corner to the next. You know, you when I was DJing at Ochentas, it was across the street from Broadway ninety six, and when the Boy, band was on it, when the band was on at Ochenta, I used to run across the street yeah. to say hello to Ricky, the <laughs> DJ across the street. That's how another band, another band was playing there, and it was just. A, 95th Street and 96th Street, right on Broadway, right across the street. That's how I got to Ochentas. The one time I went to Ochentas, I was at I was hanging out with my mother and father at Club Broadway, right? Yeah. And my father knows that uh Ochentas is closing down. So he right. wants to go, he wanted to go to Ochentas. He didn't want to hang out at Club Broadway. Right. So he knew that if he left my mother by himself, right. Trouble, right. So he took my mother, I'm gonna go down number. He said. I'm gonna get him my hamburger at Burger King downstairs, <laughs> and we <laughs> and we take him across the street to Ochentas just so that he wouldn't get in trouble with my mother. It was hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I mean, it, and that's how it was. You know, you sometimes we would hit three or four clubs in one night. You know, oh, it was man, so yeah. many places, and you, you see the bands running from one club to the other. By the time I started uh, working. Right. I used to, I, I mean, I started working at young. Right. So when I'm like 17, 18 years old. Yeah. I was working down on uh, Wall Street already. Mm, right. And from the you could go start on Wall Street, go all yeah. the way uptown and hit you could hit 15 clubs. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. You had to map it out. What you were gonna do that day? And not small clubs. There will be. I mean, oh. there were some small ones. Like I, I worked at Christopher's in a barrio. Oh my god! The same owners of uh, Riddlers in the Bronx. You what know? Was the same. That was my father. Uh, no, Royals too. Royals too. The same owners of Royals too in Christopher's. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy, so, Henry, crazy. What was it like playing with? Um, you used to do the Polito Vega show back in the day, no? Thursday yeah, well, they, well, it was uh, the Fiesta con Polito at the at the Latin Quarter, okay. and um, Polito was there every Thursday, and I was DJing live on the air. It was it was fun, you know, but it was a little hectic because everybody's coming up to you trying to get you to play their songs, mm. um, you know. So because they want that exposure on the radio, right. I remember I, I remember because I was traveling to Puerto hey, Rico every. That's what was hectic. That's what was hectic. Because Henry always has somewhere to go. Wait, when I went to Puerto Rico every Friday, I used to pick up music there that didn't hit New York yet. And I used to come back and play it on the radio the next oh, Thursday, man. you know, before even the radio station played it. Like the because they didn't have him programmed yet. Like I played I remember I played Suavemente. That was the first one to play it on La Mega, you know, back in the days. Cause I had got it just before it came, before it came to New York. <laughs> wow! Yeah, Henry. So, yes. What do you listen to nowadays, my brother? 
what do, do you, I listen put, to? Put, put us on to what you listen to nowadays. Play whatever you want. Play what what, what you what you've been listening to, or or if you have a favorite, what's what's your favorite band? Your favorite band of all time? Wow, I mean, um, I'm listening to a lot of stuff. I got I like I like the classics, and I like and there's a lot of new stuff. Like um, one of my favorite bands from Puerto Rico is Don Perignon. He's got he's got some amazing recordings, but <laughs> there's so many there's so many good things coming out. You know, you have you have a lot of new stuff. Like I said, Sammy and Richie are working on a lot of productions. You know, you got now the Ponceña just released that song, which we started the show with. Right. And, um, and you know, it's not just about the classics because some people love playing classes, which I love. And, and I grew up on those. But there's a lot of uh, new music now also coming out with some incredible uh, pro- um, productions, you know, and and the sound is just incredible, you know. Um, I could play, I know Richie's out there, so I could play that, that last one, <laughs> one of the last songs with a Gran Combo. Salchicha con jamonilla. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, Negro, you still have my mixtapes. <laughs> Mambo Magic. <laughs> my Mambo Magic tapes. I love the sound of Gran Combo.
Fíjate, el menú que tengo es Sachicha con amorilla Yo lo que quiero es una langosta Con mantequilla Sachicha con amorilla También lechón y garbanzo con patita Sachicha con amorilla Mira, tráeme mofongo con carne frita Chicharrón de pollo Hasta una gallina de palo me la mando I love it, I love it Reminds me of sachicha con huevo. <laughs> well, there's a lot of amazing music coming out now. You know, you have uh, amazing music coming out of Cuba, out of Peru, Colombia. Venezuela. Um, Venezuela. There's a lot of music, you know. There's just so much that I can't get a chance to play everything. Right. Um, every week I'm receiving new music, and it's incredible, you know. Uh, the the music from Cuba. Wow, they're doing some amazing things. Collaborating also with, you know, some of the singers from Puerto Rico as well. You know, Canario recording with the Cuban Ooh. bands out there, Septeto. I heard a couple of tunes last night from Canario. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Canario's doing some amazing Ooh. things, you know. And, and and it's just young Collazo. They have young talent, new talent now that's coming Yo, out. That's Michael Stewart is doing Michael Stewart is doing a song with Hyla from, from Cuba. They're working on that now. It's a new something that's going to come out. So it's like... There's a lot of me, there's a lot of new music. I heard uh, two tunes from Canario last night. Mm -hmm. I don't know where they came from. All I know is they were new, and I said, "Wow!" I ooh, hey, let me, let me let me let me get yeah. in here really quick, bro, my brother Henry. One more one more surprise. Yeah, Izzy, I'm gonna bring you down one second, Izzy. Right. Yeah, we go right ahead, bro. Here we go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, you ready, bro? No. He's <laughs> <laughs> right, uh welcome to Evelyn Bosch. Wow. Mambo in the City podcast. DJ Jeff Stanet, bro. What? Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yo, what's up, dude? Jeff. Wow. <laughs> you brought me back, man. Oh man. So How good to see you. Doing good, brother. Doing good, brother. Really good to see you, man. For those that don't know, me and Jeff go back to the Copa, man. We were working, um, working there together for many years. How's everything? No, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I, I mean, I was like surprised uh, when I got a call telling me to, to join. <laughs> join you. I haven't seen you in so long, man. It's good I to know, see you. I know. I, I miss you from the mag. I think the last time I saw you was a La Maganette, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was many years ago. I've been out, I've been out of New York now seven years, over seven yeah, years. I, I think uh, Izzy told me that you were, uh, you know, that you were in Thailand, you, you were in yeah. Bangkok. Yeah, right, so, right, right. Yeah, how, how you doing out there with that? I'm doing good, man. It's like, yeah. it's like the the Caribbean of Asia, man. It's hot, hot weather like like Puerto Rico here. You know, it's, uh, oh, yeah? never, oh never. I escaped the cold. I don't want to know nothing about the cold weather and snow. <laughs> Listen, Jeff, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? How you been? I'm good now that I'm seeing you, my man. Yeah, well, you know, I I didn't know you guys were gonna still be on. I, 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 I missed it. 
Yeah, you know. I got me out of bed early, man. I was, I've, been on the, I've been here since eight, eight o'clock in the morning. Man, I got twelve. I'm twelve hours ahead of you guys. I gotta give you credit. <laughs> Friday morning here. At least you know the world's not gonna end tomorrow, bro. I'm a day, I'm a day ahead. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me bring these guys on so they can talk a little bit about the about the uh, the Copa days. Let's hear it. Wow. Uh, Copa. So Jeff, what, what, did, what, what, did, what did you meet here, uh, Jeff? Here we go. Where do we meet? That's a good question. Where do we meet, Jeff? Oh no! So I'm actually I, I think I met Henry uh, the first time was maybe in the Bronx in uh, where they used to do uh, the block party in Side Street. Right, uh, the outdoor, the yeah, the outdoor. Yeah, but but it but at that time, I you know I wasn't, I you know I wasn't like really doing anything. I was kind of feeling my way in there. Okay. And then, um, uh, I I guess you gotta get a break, you know. I, yeah, I started yeah. I started doing these gigs and uh in in the Bronx because I think that's where most of the. This is just my opinion. The, yeah. The, the really good DJs, they actually started from there, you know. Bron- and then where you know you got started, bro. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And then you got to do the local places, yeah, exactly. and get a break. And that's what, and that's actually what happened. And then, it, you know, I was very impressed, you know, because, yeah. uh, you know, like, um, I mean, love the, you know, Latin. I mean, salsa, Latin music was like. I mean, even though I'm like African American, it's like yeah. that's like that music is like I grew up with that music. So exactly, you exactly. Know, for some reason, I really loved it, and um, and I used to love. I, I couldn't wait for those um, uh, block parties at Side Street, you know, because yeah. they, you know, they they were like awesome. That whole weekend was like filled with that. So I kind of met Amazing. him there, <laughs> but officially, officially. It was, um, I guess it had to be, maybe it was Copa. No, 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 no. Because we, cause we were doing a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. It was Copa. It was Copa. It was the Flamingo. Actually, Henry heard about me, and then he he approached me, actually. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and he always looked out for me. I mean, the one who, who the initial person that got me involved was Manny Sober. But right. but but then what 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 happened is I got to know him. I, I'm gonna say this. This is funny because yeah, uh, because I, I I know we both come from the American market also. Right. So the, the we came in during a time where you had to break music, and and yeah. and um and and we come from that that way of like we who you know look for the best music to play. Right, you know, right, not right. always looking for what's on the radio, but for what, what is what is going to be good for the dancers. And I remember one day we were talking, and you said, "I don't know if I can say this here," but he said, "Yo, you when you play something, you gotta if you really feel that you believe in that song, that you gotta have balls to play it." You know, yeah, and, exactly. and I remember you told me that, and and I always lived by that. You know, like I, I felt like that that's the way to do it. That I didn't want to sound like everybody else. I had exactly. to have my own thing. Like you have your, I learned a lot of stuff from you, uh-huh. and and then I developed my own style. You have your style, and I yeah, even yeah. use new stuff. 
Uh, well, that's, well that's, that's a good point that Jeff makes because um, that's one of the things I still tell DJs today. I said, uh, 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 a DJ, anybody can play hits, but a real DJ makes hits. You know, you have to be, you have to be able to, because back, back then we reported to the radio stations, the, the, the radio picked a lot of the music because of the DJs reporting what the DJs played in the clubs. Hold, hold that thought, uh, Henry, really okay. quick. Yeah. Jeff, move, move away from your speaker a little bit. Then I'm just getting Me? some feedback. No, Jeff, Jeff. Okay. Jeff, move away from your speaker a little bit. Okay. okay. I we're did. Getting, yeah. We're getting feedback. Getting yeah. Feedback. Yeah. I'm All right, sure. I think that's better. Yeah, go ahead, Henry. How's that? How's that? Yeah, go ahead, Henry. Yeah, it's better. So yeah, right. we we you know the DJs had to report to the radio stations, and then that's how a lot of the music got on the air, and and we we were breaking music in the clubs. You know, a lot of the music was in the clubs before it got on the radio. Where now, it, you know, the, of course, is the radio. The DJs want to play what's on the radio. No, that, that's that's true. You know, you used to get in a record pool. I used to, you know, uh, the easiest thing to do is to play something that is a hit already. Right. The hardest thing to do is to take something and 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 you and you feel sh- sure about this song and you play it. And the and for me, the excitement is like watching the people just you know, going to the dance floor and dance to it, you know you did something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, like we play so much music back. And and for those that don't know, the record pools are basically, it was a source for the DJs to get all the new music. Uh, we we got music um, when, it, when it was just released and uh, record companies would service the record pools where we were members of. And we would pick up the music weekly, and that's how we got a lot of the new music. Um, to besides that, I, you know, at the club you always have people, many uh, reps from the labels, like the RMM, the RMM guys used to pop in and always bring us new songs that just were just releasing. So I'm still kind of getting. I'm, getting, that. I'm still getting some feedback. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, no, I got my mic. My, I got it further back now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, well, Henry, you did, but you worked for Armin for a while, though. Yeah, for a few years. Um, I mean, I went from uh, where I went to uh, DME, then I went to RMM, and then I went to BMG. And BMG, I got exposed to another market too with the Latin rock, Latin pop, uh, I, uh, different genre, uh, other genres of music, working with artists like Cristian Castro and Alejandra Guzman. Juan Gabriel, you know, um, got to work with other other genres of music. Mili Quesada, uh, Sergio Vargas, I got to work with them. But um, but RMM was uh, like Debbie, <laughs> the, the, the RMM uh, family. We were family, you know. We wow, that was like one of my glory. Uh, glorious experiences. I can't, you know, that can't be repeated. You know, with the, the RMM, the RMM era was incredible for sure. You know, working with Ralph Macado and working with Debbie and um, Isidro and Nelson Rodriguez and Vinny Atubides and all the, the the whole family there. We just and and all the artists. You know, Celia and Tito Puente, Eddie Palmieri. 
Uh, then later on, Mark and India, all the new the new blood that came into the label. It was incredible. Uh, can't repeat those days. Never. Are we still there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a little different uh, now here. I don't know. You're out there, uh, you know, in uh, Bangkok. So that's a whole nother, you know, market. But, you know, here it's... You know, it's sad to say, I mean, you know, I, I, I would say that I'm grateful that I was able to play during that period because uh, that period was the height of everything, really, in New York anyway. And what's there now is not really, you know, I mean, it's no comparison to what what we what we experienced. It's well, no that can never be. It can never be repeated. That was a whole nother era, you know. The the eighties and nineties. Uh, we were very fortunate to live through it and to experience it because uh, it was a whole nother generation and and the clubs. We just don't have that anymore in New York like before, like, you know. Especially all the clubs uh, to choose from and clubs to be able to feature live music every night of the week. So let me let me ask both of you. What was the because you guys worked at the the Copacabana? What which uh, Copacabana you guys worked out of? The one on Fifty Seventh Street. Fifty Seventh Street. So, what was what was you know what was the dynamic there to get people to dance? You know what did you, you know you guys read the crowd you know on the weekends and and you know you guys knew exactly what to play you know, and that that's something that you have to keep a club of that side of that magnitude in that era just you know everybody dancing so. You know what did you what did you use what 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 would you say was your your dynamic in 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 getting people to dance so 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 well you know and, and well remember we were working also with the bands back then so they had incredible bands performing on stage so we had to keep that that same energy like when the bands took a break or the, between the bands or after the bands and basically just it was great salsa you know the people danced they loved it. They would they would just dress up and they would go out and 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 you know we used to get two sometimes two or three thousand people there uh, <laughs> at the Copa you know it was incredible. Uh, those those times were just uh, basically like Jeff said you know we we played old we played new we we introduced a lot of new music because um, the labels were always giving us new stuff to introduce and. Uh, and, and even at the Copa, I, I, I used to play videos, you know, wow. because they had a, at 57th Street, they had a screen in front of the stage that I was able to bring down. And I, and I had all, at the time I was working with RMM, so I had all the VHS and, and beta tapes. And I used to mix a song into the video and, and, and bring the screen down. So I introduced a lot of videos. I remember I played the Jerry Rivera video, Mark Anthony. I played yeah. a lot of stuff there, you know, back then. What would you it, was say, a mix um, of, it was a mix of old and new, you know? What would you say, Jeff? Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I totally agree with Henry. The, the thing about Copa, what was really cool was that on three different nights, it was the, it, three, the three nights, there were th three different crowds. You know, if you was playing on Tuesday, which I know Henry, he has to agree with me that 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 was that was a well, I love playing on Tuesday because you knew all the dancers were going there on Tuesday. So you got your high powered stuff to play on Tuesday, uh, Friday. It was a combination. 
Saturday was a little different because it, you know, like he, like he says, like the dressing up. I mean, Saturday was definitely the dressing up, and um, so it was a little more diverse. But but it was always a salsa crowd, always yeah. a yeah. salsa crowd. But you know, it, it, in between, you know, of course, you know the merengue, you know, and then later on it was the bachata. I would, I had the pleasure to play. I mean, I think Henry played at the first Copa too, and then went to Fifty Seventh Street. Did you didn't you play at the didn't you play at the first one, right? This one on Sixtieth Street. That's when the Tuesday started. Right, you played there, right? So yeah, I, yeah. I was at Fifty Seventh, and then I went to Thirty Fourth Street. Okay, okay. So, I never yeah, went so to Thirty Fourth. Yeah, yeah. I was try at that time. I was traveling already a lot, so yeah. I was traveling every week. <laughs> yeah, but it was like that. I mean, there was all these different clubs, but none of them could really, um, none of them, none of them really was able to do the, what they were doing. They were doing because right. they couldn't have anybody they wanted to have there, at, at band wise. Oh. And um, I think that was incredible. Anybody, anybody, and it didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't matter. Like, I mean, my thing was like when I when I was there, I, I always loved. I mean, the local guys, you know, I saw them all the time. You know, I'm not saying I get tired of it, but, you know, you see them so much, you don't, you yeah. don't feel like, you know, like, you don't feel like, oh, yeah, I want to go see these guys. And uh, I already saw them, like, 50 times, you know? But right. it's the people that, the, the bands used to come from Puerto Rico. When they started bringing Molente, when they started bringing Willie Rosario, Oof. when they started bringing those bands in, it's like that caught my attention. You, you know, I, I'm gonna say this. Like one time, this is before uh, Iberto broke up that that band. Like yeah. there was one night that he, I mean, he's he's been there many times, but this one particular day, yeah. I, I was capped. Cap, uh, you know, I never stand out on the floor. You know, yeah. I was working that night. I never stand on the floor. This was on a Saturday night, and I stood there. They had the Tell me, get back up there. You gotta go back up there because <laughs> that band was he he that band was awesome. But that yeah. like like you know when you listen to the brass from from a lot of uh, a lot of bands that you, you know you don't hear the unison that they that brass is I mean they were awesome awesome yeah, band yeah that was a tight was band tight band very tight bro very tight band so. We don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to give Jeff too, uh, too, too much here because I actually want to bring Jeff back on Mambo in the City to, to get him on to interview him on the Magnet Days, and and get his 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 history playing in the clubs and and you know that type of thing, and uh, but we want to thank Jeff for coming out and, and hanging out with us and uh, and just having these two guys on at the same time, even you know, even if from far, but uh, you guys were that, that, that dynamic, you know, during that era. So to have you guys on together, it's it's, it's amazing. And bring some of these guys on, Jeff and Oscar and Izzy. Uh, yeah, we, we haven't seen each other in so long, you know. Yeah. So um, Jeff, we want to thank yeah. you so much, my brother, for coming on and and, Whoa, and surprising. Thank you for inviting me, brother. Thank you, for, <laughs> hey, hey, yo, Henry. Jeff, it's great to see you, man. Love it's you, great bro. Great to see you too, man. Keep uh, keep it up, bro. Keep it, you know. Thank keep, you, thank you. Up, I'm gonna keep at this until I die, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> the music is my love, man. All right, DJ I don't Jeff. think I will ever leave this. 
Thank okay, you, Jeff. Man. Thank you, my All brother. Right, brother. <laughs> All right, bro. Take it easy, man. Take it Take easy, care. Take care. Uh, Nigel, uh, thank AJ, you, man. Adrian, can you give me a minute? Yeah, I was gonna say, man, get some water, stretch. You know? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go pee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll be back, back. All right, you got it. Look, look, look. We got somebody waiting for you when you come back, bro. <laughs> Poor Henry, man. I got him sitting there an hour and a half, bro. Mario, why you do? Why you do that, Mario? Why you, you know, Mario, you're a funny dude, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mario, I can't hear you, Mario. I can't hear you. Adrian, let me tell you something, man. Mario, your mic is off, bro. It's Listen. So Topo was such a different animal. Hold on, hold on. You got all in the chat room, and not one of these wearing a mask, bro. Come on. Be <laughs> <laughs> responsible here, bro. Mario, I can, no, hardly, no. I can hardly hear you, bro. Can Can you hear me now? Hardly, bro. Hardly. Let me see. Let me find out. Better there. All right. I'm going to put you on one second. Hold on, hold on. Put my mic up, yo. Oh, shit. Turn my headphones up. There you go. <laughs> Izzy, I love you, my brother. What's up, kid? What's going on, Pop? How you feeling? Not as good as you look. Did I tell you when I grow up, I want to be just like you? Oh, come on, man. I used to tell you that all the time, bro. When I grow up, I want to be just like you, man. Let me tell you, and I tell everybody, when they tell me, man, you look good in a suit, I always say... Thank Izzy if you ever see him, man. Oh, Izzy so was like, yo, my man, you need to dress up right, man. You need to present yourself, and you need to represent yourself properly and respectfully. Let me tell so, you, thank you, you did a great job uh, seeing these events, man. I'm like, thank wow, you. this guy go. He's doing his thing. I love thank it. Thank you, man. Thank you, my brother. Yeah. Mario, turn, turn your camera around so we can see that beautiful studio that you that you uh, have created oh. and and. Take, take Look at that space there, bro. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yes. But it's like a karate studio, bro. Wow. You went to the bathroom to pee. Now you're gonna drink a gallon of water. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hear you. <laughs> Mario B. Henry, what's up, my brother? What's up, man? Good to see you. Always Last time I saw Mario's in Bangkok. Word, man. I, I, re I reached out to uh, to Henry. And I said, Henry, you still in Bangkok, bro? I need to get my own two on. He's like, yeah, man, come over. I'll hook you up. And uh, we met each other. You actually you actually surprised me, bro. I didn't know you were in, in Bangkok. Yeah, the, wife the hooked that up. The manager uh, of um, the place I was DJing that night, Above 11, he says, uh, I got some surprise for you. Some friends from New York that said they know you. I'm like, and I said, wow, like, Damn, yo, I so Mario and uh, uh, Ivy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, damn, hope they're not from Sears, yo, or Macy's. I owe somebody from New York, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Ivana, you, Ivana was there, right, with you. Yeah, yeah Ivana was there too, bro. Yeah. yeah. How you been, man? I've been great, man. I'm out, I'm still out here, you know, um, staying away from the cold and <laughs> avoiding That's the right. snow. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so what, 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 Selena, what, what, what's up, girl? What did, what did, what did, what did um, Henry take you when you went to out there? Uh, well, we were, I was DJing that night, so they, they surprised me. They came and visited, but they were going the next day to... Um, Angel, what's up, brother? Hey, Angel. <laughs> they were going the next day to Phuket, right? You guys were going... Yeah, we were so, going to so Phuket, we did, yeah. We didn't really have time to hang out in Bangkok together. Yeah, but I got some... Banging ass massages though in Bangkok. <laughs> yeah, amazing, right? Amazing. Oh that's my what, god! You know, I mean, that's one good thing about 
Thailand, you can get a massage every day, you know. Yes, pennies on the dollar. If if anybody out there is listening and you ever go to Thailand or Bali or just even to China, man, mainland China, you can get the best massages in the world for pennies on the dollar, man. Yeah, exactly. uh, You know what? It's legit. Henry sent me something the other day and and it impressed the hell out of me. Izzy, I hope you're watching this, bro. Watch this video, Izzy. Watch this, bro. That's the wow, south of bro. the south south of Thailand. You were there, right, Marion Phuket? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a that's a luxury yacht I got to DJ on. It was an amazing event. Uh, models, you see that shit? bro. You see that shit? <laughs> Don't say I'm that jealous. you're gonna come out here, bro. You've been saying that for five years already. <laughs> when, when I go over there, can you reset that up? <laughs> Listen, I, I bet you, Henry. They they yeah. took that shot of Henry on a fishing boat and then they edited it into that <laughs> yacht, yo. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. man, I'm gonna make this it to is, Thailand, man. I am. Henry, what was the name of the club uh, that uh, we were hanging out at? That, that night? Above Eleven is a rooftop Above bar 11, in um, right, Bangkok. Man. Yeah, I DJ there every awesome. Wednesday until the pandemic hit. Then it's, oh, no. we haven't been DJing there for a while now. The dude, the dude, the last time he was in New York, he's in a party and he's got 25 girls from Thailand with him. I'm like, are you kidding me? Unbelievable, yo. Unbelievable. And I walked in late too. The only, uh-huh. You know, I just walked in. I walked in late because I had gotten out of work late and uh, was somewhere in Harlem. Yeah. And the party's over, but there's 25 girls. And I'm like, Henry, from Thailand? Seriously? They're from Thailand. All Henry's friends from Thailand. Unbelievable. Henry's got groupies. We got to put Izzy back away, bro. <laughs> He's like the genie, bro. He comes out and... Izzy, uh, yeah, we got to get the, the passports, bro. Wow. Anyway. You sure they were? You sure they weren't from Japan? Because the Japan Jap- Japanese uh, ladies came to bank to New York more. You know, they, they I Japanese. I want to show you than... something, bro. Look, Look yeah. behind me. Wow. What's that, Henry? Can you see that, Henry? Let me, let me hold on. What is that? Hold on. Let me, Saturday. Let me, oh. Oh, wow. What's that? The Flamingo, bro. That was your opening day, bro. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I got a video of that shit. Wow. Look at that. Look at Henry, yo. 19 years old. Look at that shit, bro. (laughs) I want all the dancers to see this, bro. Bro, we were watching that before. Mario, Mario, we were watching that already. Mario, 
Come on. Yeah. Maria, 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 that was, a, I was saying, the last day of Flamingo. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Two, oh, I thought you said the first. Yeah. <laughs> the last did say the first. Yeah. 2000, 2005, man. That's what, you know, it's funny because uh, I, I remember in Side Street, when I used to see a lot of these guys, they were just learning how to dance. I, I remember Thomas and Nelson and Stracy and Mary, yeah. all these guys, uh, they were just getting into the scene, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. But that was, but I'm talking about Side Street even before Flamingo. Oh, Side Street was, let me tell you, my favorite was on Sundays after the beach, after Orchard Beach. What? Yeah, we were talking about oh. it before. Yeah. That's, that, that was, was it. my party there. That was my party. And listen, I was at the very, I was at the, I was saying this the other day when I was doing something for DeLille a couple of years ago. I was at the very, very first Sunday that Artie did at Side Street. Ooh. Wow. And it must they have, have been, a band? No, no, no. But we're not talking about after the beach park. We're talking about the very first Sunday that he did, right? Was it downstairs? Because he had tried to do the Sunday after the beach when the beach is over and the party continues, which you did, Henry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the one that me and already organized, yeah. Right. He tried to do that once. I think he did it for a couple of for a couple yeah, then then go over. Work. But I was there the very first one that he tried, and then wow. Maybe 15 or 16 people. But we partied, bro. We had such a good time that night. And that's the difference between the crowds, man. I mean, you know, it didn't matter how many people were there. You would have a fantastic time. And I remember meeting DeLille that night. I remember hanging out with uh, Ina Cruz. I was hanging out with uh, uh, Elizabeth. Oh, we had such a great time. But then when you took that over, man, you and Artie took that over. Yeah, no. That was, that I, I was talking about that before because uh, me and Artie were, were roommates at that time. And yeah, I remember. We, it, it was hard for us to convince his father, Artie <laughs> Sr., to do the Sundays after the beach when now the beach is closed. And he said, it's not going to work. People are not going to come. I said, but we were, we bombarded the beach. I remember we oh. gave out like 50,000 flyers at the beach. The beach is closed, but the party continues. Wow. That was... <laughs> Izzy, what year was that? Oh, you you had to, that was that had to be like nineteen ninety or something like. No, no, no it was around no. ninety four. No, like that. you're wrong. It was nineteen eighty eight. Wow. Yeah. You, <laughs> no, it you wasn't that far back. Yes, it was. Eighty eight or eighty nine on. Yeah, definitely. no, no, but when, no, but when we when me and Artie did it, I think it was early ninety, early nineties. Okay, nineteen ninety, because it wasn't ninety four. Yeah. That I could tell you. Yeah, I remember. Well, I was already ninety four. I was already Le Poulet. You're right. My yeah. girlfriend. Oh my god, Les Poulet. <laughs> Do I have a Les Poulet? Oh flag? Ninety four is when I shaved my head, bro. <laughs> Mario, look at this Les Poulet flyer, bro. 95, keep, see? Keep look it clean, bro. Let me see. Look at how disgusting this, this flyer is with all these good bands. And, oh God. Are you showing the flyer? Yeah. yeah. That was one month. One month, bro. October. Jerry Rivera, he's either in front of Raulín Rosendo. I've been in touch with Raulín. He's got some good stuff. He's got some new music coming out. Conjunto yeah. Clásico, Tito Roas, Victor Manuel. 
Tito Nieves, Johnny Ray, and Conjunta Imagen. Oh, Conjunta Imagen has a new song too. Very nice. It says Vince here. Pujeda, DiCarlo, Rey de la Paz, Hermano Madero, Mark Anthony. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, on the bottom it says Henry Knows and Carlos. Uh, I'm sorry, Charlie. It's Charlie Cabranes. Oh, who is that? Yeah. Charlie used to work with me. He was one of my DJs. I brought him into the Le Poulet. He worked with me for more than 20 years. It was him, David Sala. Um, and, Charlie was uh, a great guy. He had that legendary place on 42nd Street after work Friday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Woody And Woody used to work at there the with us. Wow, look at this. This is Starless Ballroom. This was the, this was Mike Balleja that used to do the yeah. uh, with the Latin Four. And uh, it was me and Pete. That's uh, Me and Pete were the team. Oh. We started together. Pete was um, the best, man. What a DJ. Yeah, and, and we, we used to do all the dances at the Starless Ballroom. Uh, Machito, Tipica 73. All the, I mean, wow. we had some incredible dances. Yo, I grew up wow, with the owner. Wow, <laughs> The owner, the guy who used to own the Stardust Ballroom, I went to junior high school with his sons. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the Stardust was amazing. We had some uh, incredible Great dances there. Yeah, that's the one with Machito and La Terrifica. Look at that. Charanga America. Wow. Good old days. I, I didn't send you the ones from um, Bronx Community College. My first dances. I, I had to, I, hey, Henry. Uh, yeah, this one. Look at this, look one, at this one. Look at this one. This is a legendary night. Oof. Mark yes, Anthony I, yes. and Eddie Torres. Eddie, Eddie Torres <laughs> Dance Company and the Eddie Torres Band. Rock, Mark right? Anthony, right? Yeah, Mark Anthony. I was one of the promoters for that night. I, Did he still have his organizer. long hair there or he cut it already? Can't he tell. had his long hair. Yeah, he had too. his long hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the beginning. You know, don't laugh. I give Mike Paella credit, man. Mike Paella used to be the first guy to yeah. hire Mark Anthony, man. Well, Mike Paella was the first one to put my name on on flyers and, and give us exposure as DJs, you know, me and Pete. Um. So no. my the first promotion I got was because Mike Palleja, he believed in us and he put us in these big dances, and he put our names on all the flyers. Look at, look at that one, bro. Oh, that, one, bro. that was a night. That, that was, was a night. night. That was an incredible night, man. That's that's never be repeated. You know, Henry, that that party it was funny because I I mean wow, that party was written about all over, bro. I know newspapers yeah. all over the world. Seriously, it was crazy. And we got to give credit to Kenny Obeñon. Uh -oh. He's the one that he makes all those flyers for. Oh boy, that's yeah, my boy. We keep in touch. He's he does all, he's done all the flyers for me for many years, but he's also done flyers for a lot of record label, a lot of record labels, a lot of the Fania labels, uh, and also all the all the Ralph Mercado concerts. He was the one that used to do all the posters and flyers. Yes, he did. He did, wow. he did this one too for us. That's Kenny Obanyon. Incredible. Wow. Um, I know, I know. I know why Yezzy's laughing. Those two are like Batman and Robin. Henry used to kill me today. I'm going to send it to Kenny. Come on, man. Can we give it somebody closer to do it? I need it two days earlier. I always need the fly. <laughs> uh, but he did some good work. No yeah. So I'm gonna wind down here. We're gonna give we're gonna give Henry a chance to to get his life back. Uh, he's, <laughs> you know, I have to drive. I have to drive to Bangkok now. He's, you know, he's I have to work tonight. Yeah. Where are you staying now? Well, I have a place in in Pattaya, which is about an hour and a half, two hours south of Bangkok. 
You know, uh, I don't, tonight, I don't know. Tonight I DJ in Bangkok. I don't know because I mean I just jumped on and I, I just yeah. finished teaching, so I don't know if anybody asked you. Um, yeah. What was your major life transformation that said, Henry, Thailand is the place. This is where we're going to reside at. Well, you know, at the time I was traveling around the world, as you could tell you, I was. You yeah, know, I, I remember. Used to, I used to travel every week uh, to different destinations. And, you know, I used to spend all my holidays in the Caribbean. I used to go to St. Martin. Um, but at the time, I, I used to go to Japan like twice a year, two or three times a year to DJ in Japan. And a promoter there told me, you got to go visit Thailand like for holiday, you know. And that year I came here and I was just so impressed with the country. I fell in love with it, you know, um, the weather. And it reminded me a lot of the things of Puerto Rico because of mm. the weather, the beaches, and the fruits, you know, the things I grew up with in Puerto Rico, like the guayaba, the palcha, the coco, mango. You have the yeah. palm trees here, tamarindo. You have so many things. And and also, because I, I, I really looked at everything, you know. I looked at the uh, airport. The airport here, you can, it's the same thing to fly here from, from, from here to Europe, like flying from New York to Europe. It's kind of the same amount of time, maybe a little longer, but pricing about the same. So I said I could travel from here to Europe if I need to, and I could concentrate on the market in Asia because I was, yeah, that's Singapore. See, that post is Singapore. I, I DJed, I was DJing in Singapore, Hong Kong, China, Japan. So many of the dancers were moving to like Italy, like, you know, you like, like, uh, Juan Matos and Johnny Vasquez, all these guys were moving to Italy. Right. And they were trying to get me to move to Europe, but I saw more potential in, in Asia, you know, and I figured I could base my, it was even when I was traveling around Asia, I used to use Thailand as my base. I used to fly here first, get an apartment, put my luggage down and then fly around to Asia from Thailand. I used to come back here. And then and then I saw the scene. I saw what was happening in New York. There was the no more clubs. The entertainment business was was, you know, was diminishing. You know, it, it it wasn't I wasn't making the same kind of revenue, but the cost of living is higher. So I figured right. when I saw the cost of living here, I figured I could come base myself here, lower my cost of living and and concentrate on another market and it worked out for me i opened up my company here i have uh like seven mm -hmm. eight djs working under my company and i'm i'm not traveling that much i i, I actually stopped traveling i i'm not doing a lot of congresses anymore i do like just montreal and toronto and i do the one in bangkok and one in japan that uh like a smaller event but most of my work is based here in Thailand now. So, um, you know, I've I've created my company and working a lot of clubs and doing mm. the same thing I was doing in New York, providing bands, providing DJs, sound, and uh, any form of entertainment possible. You know, and but it was a good move for me because uh, I need you know, and it's hard. It's hard to leave your home base. Uh, I was scared, you know, like I didn't know what was going to happen. And you have, to, I'm not a resident here. I have to, you know, yeah. get, you have and to. And there's a language sure barrier too, you know? Yeah, there's a language yeah. barrier. There's a lot of things. But 
I've been able to survive. I pulled it off, you know. How and long you been there now? I've been over like seven and a half years here. Seven and a half years, okay. Awesome. I'm yeah. proud of you, man. You know, I just you. I tell people too, um, you know, if you've never been to Thailand, uh, it's a special place. It's a beautiful place. Yes. Uh, and I didn't want to come back home. I didn't, especially when I went to uh, to Bali. Oh my God. I didn't want to come back home. That's I did what I not. tell Izzy. If he comes here, he's not going to Oh, man. <laughs> it's just, like you said, the weather, the food. It's just, yeah, uh, yeah, just, and the, just food. the spirits, the, the energy, the people are humble. It's just uh, exactly. the weather's beautiful, the food. Oh, man, it's just a different world, different experience. Um, it is. Definitely it go is. check it out. And, and when I moved, when I moved to when I moved out here, what I was paying in New York one month, I was paying here for a whole year. You know? I know, I know, I know. It's as as crazy. Rent. Yeah, yeah. The cost of living is lower. Yeah. I was talking. I was talking to Henry, and he he pointed his camera out the window. I said, "Bro, that looks like the Intercontinental in Puerto Rico." Bro. <laughs> I got the palm tree right outside my window here. Man. I, I have a question, Henry. Of all yeah. the, knowing you and all the things that I know that you've done, and, and you know, with the. Ex- with all the years in the business, what is the highlight for you? What is the thing that you're most proud of? And what is the highlight of your career for you to this day? There's so many things. I this think this podcast I think, is he is the I highlight. Think, is uh, this yeah. podcast right here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. yeah, it is one highlight. Let me tell you, you surprised me with a lot of, the, of my. I friends. try to get Domingo but, Quinones to be honest with you, bro. But wow, almost had him. That's my brother. My brother. <laughs> you know the thing is, I, it's all. I think it's a combination of many things because what I think about that years in New York, working places like the Copa, like thousands of people and and being able the high one of my highlights is being able to work to next to all those legends you know because when i was when i started in music you know that collecting the records at 11 years old i i was listening to to the fania records to willie colong and 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 you know listening to hector labor and pacheco and ray barreto and all these guys roena and then to get to hang out with them, you know, to be playing next to them, to gain their respect, their friendship, and be able to visit their homes. That, that's been a, an amazing highlight of my career, you know, because um, these guys, for me, were like, you know, top, like celebrities, like, you, you, you know, people that are, that are non-Puerto Rican that yeah. look at the, the, the people, you know, movie stars. For me, you know, for us, it was like the movie stars of the of this genre, you know, and 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 they're so down to earth, so cool. Celia Cruz, Tito Puente, yeah, get to man. hang out with them. And another highlight is just the travels, you know, being able to see the world, doing what I love with salsa, salsa. You know, I'm the first DJ to travel the world doing salsa. You know, many DJs Amen. travel with hip hop, techno, different music. But to, to be able to go to places like Dubai and Israel and all Japan, all of Asia and Middle East and 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 Europe with salsa was yes. and, and and to have the respect of the DJs, you know, uh, telling coming up to me and telling me they've learned a lot by watching me, you know, it's it's been it's been it's a combination of so many things that that are highlights, you know, working in front of thousands of people, 10,000, 15,000, like Jeff was talking about the side street block parties. Yeah. You know, know, it takes, not everybody, you know, it's interesting that, that you get the opportunity uh, to do that, 
But not everybody, you know, you might have 10 guys had the opportunity to do it once or twice, but they probably didn't do it in the way that you did. They probably didn't handle themselves in a professional manner like you did. So it takes that special kind of individual to be able to continue to make those things happen. And that's a credit to you, bro. And that's also, you, you also structured the way the congresses are set up in terms of how the DJs are set up. Yeah, play. I set the standards. Yeah, I set the standards, you know, to have the DJs on a, on a riser and uh, with professional equipment, with mon- professional monitors, professional equipment, and a spotlight. I remember I used to fight with Albert Torres in L.A., <laughs> you know, because uh, I told him, man, but you got the you got the monitors but you, and you have the riser but no spotlight, you know. So I, I was always, you know, and, and, and some some people used to get upset because they thought I was too much of a diva, but I, I just, I was just trying to keep the standards, you know, because uh, setting the standards is very important. There's, you know, you set a certain standard, and then somebody comes behind you and say, "Oh, I work with whatever," you know, and they lower the standards, and it's, and it's difficult, you know, it's very difficult because I feel that if you're going to do something, do it right and keep the high standards. Right. Yep. You know. And I can attest to that. I can attest to that working with him all these years. I, that's one thing that I could always say that, you know, in terms of, you know, learning, you know, what I learned being with Henry throughout the years, that's the one thing he didn't play with, man. And that's 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 the one thing yeah. that I always say about our parties. Like if you turned around and you, you knew that you were going to hear the best music yeah, and the sound on any night, the sound was always going to be right and everything was going to be done professionally. And that's one thing that I can tell you that working with him and hanging out with him throughout the years that I can honestly say I've seen it, I've experienced it, and I learned from it. Yeah. And I think they should name those rises after Henry, bro. Like, just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, name, name, name the, the rise, like, you know, DJ Henry. I mean, come on. If the guy invented or hey, structured hey, that hey, shit. And let me tell you something. The first, one of the first, I, I had to talk about Side Street again because back in those days, when I was getting into DJing, I had to do everything. You know, you go to yeah. the clubs now and you have a sound guy, you have a light guy, you have an engineer. I had to do everything. I had to set up the band. I remember I you to, running had, around with cables, yeah. Yeah, I had to set up. In the beginning, when I arrived, I had to set up the stage. And then I had to introduce the band. I had to do the sound for the band. I had to yeah. do uh, turn on the light. I had to do everything. If there was a problem, I had to troubleshoot. So... That I learned everything, and and we were working with little six channel boards, running bands like Tito Nieves, Tony Vega, Canario, you know, with a little board, you know, and no monitors. And so back then, a lot of the bands were working without monitors. So it, you know, it, it's changed a lot. You know, it yeah, has changed I, I, a you lot. know, it's it's not only so much setting the standard but it's also setting the tone for future djs as well right exactly um, exactly and, and there's one thing that i have to say about you henry uh that i respect a lot of is your work ethic uh right. and and it showed and it showed and, and it transpired for other djs moving forward so uh, i can honestly thank say you. from a dancer's perspective yeah. thank you for your music thank you for your service um thank, thank you, you for all your sacrifices man and uh you know, till you know, till we pass away, we can no longer do this again. Um, I have nothing but amazing memories for the rest of my life. 
Thank you, Mario. Thank you. Yeah, man. The same, man. It's like, you know, these memories were, you know, because back in, in those years back there, we didn't have a lot of the smartphones. So no, a lot correct. of stuff we don't have on video. We were all analog. Yep. Everything was analog. Yeah. Yeah, my first Scott Audio mix was analog. You know, I remember <laughs> with Ricky, Ricky Gonzalez, we were in the room for like 24 hours working on a mix because if you made a mistake, you had to start all over again. Yep. You know, we didn't have digital. We didn't have digital at that time. Wow. That's amazing. And, and here's the other <laughs> thing. I mean, in terms of being in New York so many years, like I would honestly say that a lot of the times you take someone like Henry for granted when he's wow. out there performing. And then yeah. when you don't have Henry to give you the, the good shit, you're like, coño, you know, Henry used to point in a la China, you know, what? anywhere. So, oh. to be able to... everything for granted, man, because it's like... Well, the, it, oh. I tell people that because, uh, you know, like, one of the things, us as New Yorkers, we took a lot for granted because we had it every day. Wow. You know, the best bands around and, and working and, you know, like, I took a lot for granted myself, you know. I remember Luis Ramirez, you know. My brother. Man. I don't even have a picture with him, and we were together Whoa. so many nights. Bro. You know, the, the, the last the last, the, the last day he was alive, he was in a DJ booth with me, you know, oh, the, the next day. And I don't even have a picture with him. But you, you take it for granted. You feel, oh, I'm going to see him. That Tomorrow, night, you know? Henry, I was supposed to go to Side Street that night where he played, and I had a fight with my girlfriend because I was gonna go out and I didn't go out. And I used to hang out with Louis Ramirez. I mean, yeah, he was always in the DJ oh, booth with me, him and Ray de la Paz that in between me. the sets. The, you know, that's one of the things that you know I, I always had the artist in the booth with me hanging out, and I remember he was like. Pissed off with Ralph Mercado because he was working on a recording, <laughs> and he was saying, "Fucking Ralph, he gave me a budget. He never worked on a budget before, and he was upset." <laughs> but you know, but Louis was funny because you know he was a clown, and everything he would say, he may, even if he's upset, yeah. he still sounds funny. Yeah, and he was, he was upset with Ralph because Ralph gave him a budget, and and they were working on a production at the time, and he died the next day, man. Wow. What a what a, what look, a loss! Because speaking, he was a musical genius. Speaking of legends and musical genius, I'm, I know you have to go soon because we had you here for a good while. But finally, you know, share a, a story of working with the the icon of icons, you know, Tito Puente. Yeah, you know, wow. You know, what was it like to work with with Puente? And, and even the Celia Cruz story would be amazing too, bro. Because nobody yeah. can tell those stories, bro. I mean, Izzy can tell some a couple of you know. Stories of traveling with the king, you know, in France, and then you know all those things. And yeah. but in terms you know, of what, really one-on-one what, what on one work with, with with Tito Puente, you know, Tito Puente was amazing. He was also a perfectionist, you know, when it came to the music. But he's also one thing I remember a lot. These guys, they were charlatanes, you know. They would joke. They were all joking around. They made you laugh a lot. Luis Ramirez and, and and Tito Puente. Tito Puente was a jokester, you know. He was always joking around. And I, I the thing I never forget about Tito when he says uh, about the Oye Como Va story that he said, you know, Oye Como Va. People come up to me and say, "Can you play that Santana song?" He said, "No, that's my song. That's my song." And then um and then he said that when he got that first royalty check, he said. It's yeah. Santana's song. <laughs> you know, so but but one of the artists also that impressed me, really impressed me, was Celia. Because Celia was so 
wow you like you felt you, you were in the presence of royalty at the same yeah, time so you felt cool, like your man. abuelita you know i felt like my abuelita and she was just so down to earth and so cool and she one thing that she told me that really impressed me that she personally answered every fan mail wow. personally she, she you know she loved her fans you know and she yeah i did promotion with her i took her to the radio day to, to do an interview and she told me that she replied, yeah, I took her to the radio to do an interview um, that day, and I think it was in Jersey. And um, she, that's what really blew me away when she told me she replied to every single fan mail, personally. Wow. She that's loved awesome. her fans. You know? Respect. And one of the hardest working artists, her and Tito, were the two hardest working artists. You know, these are artists that have played for kings and queens yeah. and presidents you know wow amazing amazing well but that's part of that rmm story i mean rmm is just history you know so much history there well you could just tell the you know just telling an rmm story you could just tell how how great they were just how ralph mccardo used to handle them yeah ralph uh, ralph, ralph just uh, man, let me tell you if you if you I mean, you know, you you you're you're backstage at a concert, or you're there early for sound check, and and you just yeah. the difference. <laughs> you know, you notice the difference, man. You know, Ralph McCartney, yeah. one of them, like I call him and David Maldonado the mad scientists, bro. They yeah. were like mad scientists. They used to come up with things in their brain and and make it happen, and yeah, you know, we go like, wow, how do these guys? Work so Wow. That's a highlight for me. I gotta say, you know, yeah, uh, being that's, able that's, to, that's another highlight, of course. Working with RMM, working with DME, those, I, those and are I never, big highlights I never, for me. I never got to work with Ralph that way, <clears throat> but my conversations with Ralph, the times that I was yeah. able to, Ralph loved the way I danced. That's why I was able to get close to Ralph. Yeah, because Ralph was a dancer too. You didn't see him dancing, but he used to throw down if he, Ralph if he had me, to. Ralph used to tell me. You a special one. <laughs> Wherever he would see me, he would tell me, you got your dance shoes on. I'm like, yeah, bro. <laughs> and that's why, that's how I had a little relationship with Ralph. And then, you know, when we started I could tell you me. one of my biggest regrets, bro. <laughs> I was working at the Red Parrot, right? And Ralph <laughs> would come there Thursdays, put his hat up in the DJ booth. He said, Henry, I'm going to open up the Palladium. I want you to come and DJ for me. And I said, damn, man. I told him that, you know, I can't, you know, because I'm, I'm very faithful to the people I work with. And and uh, and at the time I was working with the Red Parrot. I forgot the promoters there, but I told him I can't, you know, I'm here on Thursdays. I can't go to, but the Red Parrot, oh, I mean, the Palladium opened up. That was it. <laughs> killed the Red Parrot. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, damn, I should have taken the job. Oh, my God. Do you know the yeah. I mean, think about the part I remember one I always tell this. I always tell the story. See, I told I told you, man, Ralph used to throw down. I see that I know he was an incredible I, dancer. I used to, man, one Thanksgiving night, I think it was uh -huh. 1989 or 1988, the Thanksgiving of 1988 or 89. Yeah. It was Gran Combo, Sonora Ponceña, and Lalo Rodriguez. The year when Lalo had Devorama. Whatever year that was, damn. Thanksgiving <laughs> night at the Palladium, Gran Combo, 
Sonora Ponceña, and Lalo, Lalo Rodriguez. Debbie, find the flyer. I know you like seven, eight thousand people probably, you know. Oh my god, what a night! What a night! Yeah, man. But like I said, you know, being able to just sit down and talk to Ralph, man. Yeah, because you know, yeah. back in those days, that's when I was first really starting to promote parties, man. And I would always, you know, Ralph would do a concert, and I would always say, Ralph, why did you do this like this? And why was this done like that? And he'd look at me like, why are you asking me so many questions? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Ralph, 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 yeah. I used to see him working in the office. And, yeah, the Latin tinged. I used to see him working in the office, and, and he had Nadine, which was his assistant. And he would just move things around and say, do this, do that. Boom, 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 boom. He would put it together. The, you know, running those concerts at Madison Square Garden and those dances were like already for him, like so, like he already had a system, you know? Yeah, man. He wasn't going crazy organizing those things. He was just doing, boom, 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 moving things around and getting it done. Amazing, yeah. amazing. So cool. Ralph saw me. Ralph saw me dancing one time. He said, "For a big guy, you can move." <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's Ralph. That's Ralph. I, man, I tell you, I, I never forget. I remember one time. I tell you, when Ralph, whatever, whenever Ralph would would tell me something like that, I'd be like, "Damn, I must be okay," because that that's the nigga right there. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. Oh my god, man! I, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with Ralph. You know, he was funny and and you know. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you know, listen, he was the short time that I got to to be able to be around him was was definitely a highlight for me, man. You know, just uh, yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. He did a lot for the music. He did a lot for the music, and, and you know, he opened doors for a lot of people. Every accolade that you could have, Henry, yeah, deserve. Because man, mm-hmm. you've done so much. I have to, I have to admit. I, I mean, just to be able to uh, to be able to be a small part of that is is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, yeah. when 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 they when now he's far, you know, it's like damn, man. You know what I'm I saying? I know. I know. But we've um, lost a lot of we've lost a lot of good people, you know. Yeah, man. But it's been a it's been an immense pleasure for me to interview him. You know, I like I said, Izzy, so many years next to Henry, I never asked him shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I never knew. I never, I'm learning now everything that he's done well, over the years. About evolution. Adrian is an evolution, man. I remember when we used to when we would talk about starting this podcast. Well, he talked about starting this podcast, right? <laughs> He'd say, "Izzy, come on, let's do a podcast." Me, yeah. I said, "Bro, you know I can't do that because I didn't even know what a podcast was at the time." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Man, I can't because I get I get into so much trouble because I'm so politically not correct." <laughs> We, I'd get, I get in trouble. No way. And look at him. He's doing. I, I mean, yeah, he's doing. Bro, this is stuff. this he's is so easy. Stuff. You know why it's easy? Because number one, I love it. Yep. And number yeah. two, I've been around you guys so many years that it's. Yeah. We're just talking about the good shit that we did together. Oh, we the events that we did together. I mean, it's just it's so yeah, easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. you know, and know Mario got to go. Mario, Mario's closing up the Mario studio. Mario, listen. I just want to share a story. Okay, I know you guys are sharing a story about Ralphie. First yeah. time I met Ralph Mercado was in um, 
the original Latin quarters. And uh, wow. I remember... Huh? The only Latin the quarter. One, you know. Right. The only okay. one. And I remember I had to do a show that night with Ivana. And uh, I, <laughs> I remember uh, going into the bathroom and the bathroom was packed. I was like, fuck, I can't change in the bathroom. So uh, <laughs> Rafi Jr. is like, just go upstairs. There, there's going to be a room there. Just go up there and change in there. <laughs> yeah. Little did I know it was Ralphie's office, right? Right, right. So, I, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. This, I heard Ralphie. the story. He doesn't know me. So I, I walk in and I look around and then I see all these, you know, plaques and pictures of Ralphie with, you know, Celia and Tito and all these famous people. And I'm like, right. Damn, I wonder whose office this belongs to. <laughs> so I'm changing and my pants are down. He walks in and he looks at me. He goes, who are you and why are you in my office? <laughs> and I said, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. You know, um, uh, Rafi Jr. told me to come up here uh, because I have to, you know, I have to perform. So I'm putting on my costume. Then he looks me up and down and he says, Aren't you a little too big to be performing? <laughs> I'm like, damn. Ralph was very blunt, man. He was no, like, there was no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Ralph does have a thing with weight. Yes, 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 yes. And, and God forbid he would see you eating the wrong food. Yeah. yeah. He'd let you know in a second. <laughs> the night of the That sounds Fiesta just like Ralph, man. It sounds yeah, just like the night Ralph. of the Fiesta de Los <laughs> Right, we're having a great yeah. night. I'm in a, I'm having a blast. Right? Yeah, I hadn't gotten. I was just, I hadn't got. By the time the night was over, it hit me that I was hungry. Right, so <laughs> bag of potato chips, and I'm running up and down, and I have these chips in my hands. He's at the bottom of the staircase, and I'm. <laughs> he's like, "What are you doing? <laughs> said, what did I do?" He goes, "Well, first. You had a good night, but don't put that crap in your body. Yo, he's no joke, bro. He let you know. Right there, you know? That's crazy. Know, yeah, the way man. you imitate him, I can actually hear him saying it. Yeah, bro. No, no. Exactly. I, I, That's the way he spoke. That's what he spoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about, talk about food. Remember we used to go to Empire Diner around the oh, corner. Right around the corner. I was just telling uh, Pepe, Pepe Basan just reminded me of that because he's seen that diner in so many movies. Yep. And he Empire. was asking me, what's that diner we used to go to after Flamingo? And I said, yeah. I was just, I was just, legendary diner, man. There was another one on 53rd Street that we used to go to if Empire was closed. And I drove by that the other day and said, wow. I remember, I remember. I forgot the name of it. Yeah. 53rd Street. 8th Avenue. 8th Avenue. Yeah, 8th Avenue. 53rd Bro. Oh, yeah, man. guys. So, man, it was really great to see everybody, you know. <laughs> That's it. Henry, play, you guys play. got me out of bed early. Play. Henry, this is a personal, uh, this is definitely a personal record for Adrian. We are now on three hours. Wow, <laughs> yes, right. Three Henry, what is it? 11, 11 in the morning, right? 11.30 in the morning? 11.25 now, yeah. Wow. I've been up since yeah, yeah. Uh, seven, 7 o'clock this morning. We have no more listeners. <laughs> oh, yes, right. 11.30 at night there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, have, nah, we, actually, bro, we actually have 18 hanging out. Salcedo's on sleep, bro. Yeah, okay. Henry knows. We love you, my brother. We miss you. Likewise. We're, we're glad likewise. to see that you look amazing and that you, you know, 
Uh, take us out with something, bro. Play play something there on the way out, Henry, for the for the people that are, for the eighteen people we have. Uh, <laughs> and we'll close it out, bro. Almost. Let me see if you can guess what this is. Uh oh. Busco, no puedo encontrar. Johnny Rivera. I like your faces. Johnny uh. Rivera. Yeah, it's Johnny Rivera. It's my cousin uh, Roberto Navarro on the piano. Uh-huh. Roberto, Roberto Navarro and uh, Johnny Rivera. They used to perform this song when they had uh, Fascination, but they never recorded until now. It's an amazing song. Jose Febles song. There's a lot of good stuff. But it's a classic song. We keep in touch. I keep in touch with Johnny Rivera and all these guys. Song, huh? That's a good swing. My cousin on piano, story about Johnny Rivera. Um, Johnny was singing with Conjunto Clásico at the time and he was living in the Bronx. And we were at La Mirage. Izzy mentioned La Mirage earlier. We were playing a lot at La Mirage and, and many of the clubs in the Bronx. And, and after the club we always used to hang out. We used to go to the after hours, go to breakfast and I used to drive him home, you know. 
Johnny's my boy, man. My brother. Still got that voice. <laughs> La reunión de los calvos. The reunion of the calvos. Yeah, me, Mario, and uh, Zizi. Oh, I gotta show it. I gotta los show cabe- it. Los cabezones. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for joining us for the Mamba in the City podcast with DJ Henry Nose and Legendario, the international salsa DJ legend. Thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. Um, really a pleasure to be here and see all my friends I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, Adrian, thank you for having me, and uh, I know it is, won't be the last time. Hell no, bro. I got a passport. Me and Mario are going to go perform over there, bro. We're going to do a... a th- you guys come out here, you ain't yeah. going back, bro. I'm telling Uh-oh, you. Look, look, all, all the heavy hitters are showing up now, bro. You see? You see? <laughs> oh, man, the little Thomas. Oh, what's up, Mambo Green? Damn. Hey, the little. Wow, the little. <laughs> you know, the little, the little came. He was in Bangkok. Him and Jimmy Anton. And I, I told uh, Adrian the other day, the little surprised me. You know, because he's been, I've seen him dancing with Eddie for a long time, the Mamo Magic and everything. And he told me, you know, Henry, I saw you DJing in Ochentas when I was just learning how to dance. I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> he yeah. shocked me, man. Shocked me. My boy, Mambo D, we were DJing together at the, at the Mambo Magic there at yep. the Club Broadway. Wow. What a dancer, the little man. Wow. Yeah, man. From the I remember heart, the first man. time. The first time I met the Lil was that night, that Sunday night, that that first party that Artie did. That first Sunday, that's the first night I met the Lil. Wow! wow. Hanging out there was there was fifteen of us, and I'm watching Mambo D dance. I'm like, damn, this brother's bad. I never class, seen him class. Class. <laughs> Again, guys, thank you so much. That's thank you, man. The legendary Henry Knowles, Mario B. Izzy Rodriguez Salsa Link Parties Thank on you. Facebook. It is. And we'll never forget this interview, bro, until we until yeah, we see each other man. again. Thank you guys. All right. Thank Have you. a Good great to night. See everybody. Henry, I'm playing that. We have a great day. <laughs>